You're listening to Video Monsters, a weekly podcast. Uh, well, uh, mostly weekly. Sometimes more, sometimes less. <sighs> All right, fine. A mostly weekly podcast of Creatures Talking Features with your hosts, Nathan Simmons and Eric Harris. Video Monsters is brought to you by the Chattanooga Film Festival and Central Cinema in Knoxville, Tennessee. Follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or online at chatfilmfest.org and centralcinema865.com. And links for each of these can also be found on our pages, so be sure to follow us at Video Monster Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Monsters, where we take movies seriously, especially this movie, but not ourselves. I'm Nathan. <laughs> I'm reluctantly here. <laughs> and I'm Dan. I'm here to just watch it all. <laughs> Dan's here for more support for Eric, because we're continuing on with our first ever Video Masters series with our United States of America with 1998's Godzilla. A yep, movie that Eric hates so much that we very realistically are going to turn this into an annual thing. So No, we're, we are not doing that. That is not happening. <laughs> Look, you hate this movie so much that it's gone from a joke into uh, we might actually be reviewing this once a year. Yeah. I mean, you can do that if you want. It's up to you. This is your podcast, my friend. I, I think only, whenever, I only... I find, whenever I find these Godzilla toys in junk shops, I'm going to send them to Eric. <laughs> Honestly, I would be fine with that because the toys, all of the, like, I feel like the lasting legacy of this film is the marketing push because they were so, the, the execs for this film were so nervous that it was going to bomb that they just dumped money in the marketing for this I, film. Like, we want to make sure people see this shit. I also love how you went, how like, angry is. parent with it where it's not our podcast. You went straight to, no, this is your podcast. This is your I fault. I did, yes. <laughs> we are talking I about only own, Godzilla. I, I don't own a controlling stake in the podcast. Let's just put it that way. That is true. <laughs> Do you own a controlling tuna fish, though? Um, Red, I wish. Get it? Because rather than steak, tuna fish. Oh, steak, tuna. Yeah, that's funny. Because there's like tuna fish in this movie. Right. Yeah. And the that was the fifth of meat. best joke from the movie right there. <laughs> <laughs> there are good jokes in this movie that we're going to get into. There All are right. a couple. If you've never listened to Video Monsters before, um, we are going to start out with a little bit of our background with the movie and an overall general review. And then we're going to get into uh, some deep dive analysis, or in this case, some deep dive hate from Eric. But don't worry, uh, this is not going to be a hate episode because I legitimately love this movie. <clears throat> And then we're going to end with some silly bits at the end. Uh, this movie is, t- t- I know how to math, uh, 23 years old. So, you know, spoilers, fine, whatever. It's a Godzilla movie. Does this movie even need spoilers? No. If you've um, seen King Kong, you know, what, you know what's going to happen. You know exactly what's going to happen. Uh, so, dude, spoilers for King Kong. Come on now. Um, Kong climbs, Godzilla digs. Completely different. Godzilla <laughs> climbed a building and roared. <laughs> And he hugs the building. God, that's the best shot of the entire movie. He like hugs that building and he turns around and does like a glamour pose. Yeah, this so movie is a much better movie than you give it credit for. All right, so okay, this is a preview of what this episode is going to be. Uh, basically, me and Eric bickering back and forth about how Godzilla is a good movie, and uh, Eric very vehemently disagreeing with me. Yes. All right, but before we get into our deep dive analysis, Eric. What was your yes. context for watching Emmerich's 
1998 Godzilla. So I think I've told I've told the story on our podcast a couple of times, but in case anyone hasn't heard it, um, when I was six years old, this movie came out, which is weird because it feels like I should be older. Um, and I was so excited to see it because, of course, I was a kid and like th- this fucking movie was perve- like the marketing was so pervasive that like you just see it everywhere. And I remember I remember my my dad taking me to it and like buying me the the cool like Godzilla cup with his head that with the straw that you drink out of his head. It's so great. And I got into the theater, super excited, and I fell asleep like halfway through the movie. <laughs> and to this day, my dad has not forgiven me. <laughs> I don't know why he didn't just I wake me up. I am glad that your dad still gives you shit about it. Uh, it's so funny to me. I, I just remember anytime we talk about it, my dad always is like, yeah, I remember taking you to see that movie. And I was stuck watching a movie I had no interest in seeing. And you were sitting there <laughs> sleeping, which is crazy. I slept through the only part of the movie that's uh, pretty decent, which is the... Uh, the Madison Square Garden sequence. Um, anyway, so fast forward to 2021. I rewatched this movie for our GVK Godzilla vs Kong series. Um, Ar- don't you I, mean I, you our know, King of the Marchers series? King of the Marchers, yes, of course. Um, I went into it with an open mind because Nathan, you love it so much, and I uh, did not did not have a good time revisiting it. <laughs> but I did watch it with Owen, my seven year old son, who loves it, good. and that was pretty fun. Good. He ha- he loves this movie. Um, and then, you know, a few months later, Nathan here is like, Hey, we need to cover this for our Emmerich series, despite my, my uh, many protestations. Pro- pro- yeah. Despite my, just, I can't talk today. I'm so, yeah. So on this rewatch, I was basically just seething with rage the whole time, just because I kept thinking about all the other movies I could have been watching instead. So, uh, so yeah, so that probably definitely colored how I felt about this movie as I watched it. <laughs> And I kept trying to temper that for you and being like, dude, don't hate on the movie. Like, there's good things about it. There are things that you... Did you hear him? Oh, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Is your kid just in the background screaming, Godzilla? Yeah, he's screaming Godzilla and Manila. Because Manila is his new favorite. Okay. Hold on a second. I'll, let me take care of this. I, I was going to cut that from the episode until I actually heard him screaming Godzilla and now it's staying. Oh, oh. Okay, okay. Hold on, Owen. Hold on a second. Oh my God, I love this. Uh, <clears throat> so yes, I tried to get Eric to go into this movie with an open mind because it's not that bad. It is bad. We're going to talk about this, but it's not that bad. Eric just didn't listen to me. So, Dan, you bad. don't have... It's not. We're you know gonna, I'm allowed we're, to have my going, own opinion. Yes, I know. I like that Nathan is like, Eric's not allowed to, to dislike this movie because I like it. <laughs> Pretty much. So, it, it's a bad movie. We're going to talk about it. It is not good. And also, it's not bad. So, Dan, you did not, I hope, go in with quite as much hate for this movie. So, no, what was your context I, for watching Godzilla? I have never hated this movie. I have been let down by this movie, but I've never hated it. I I was there for opening night back when opening night was an actual like midnight showing and not something that took place like three days prior. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, movies are still supposed to open Friday and, you know, now everything opens on like a Tuesday and all over the place. But this was like a true huge midnight opening. Even like my tiny central main theater had 
I think six screens dedicated to this film. Damn. Um, it did not fill them all up. Nope. <laughs> but I remember the marketing was so good because as you walked down, it, it's a very simple theater where it's like one long hallway with theaters off to the left and the right. And they had gradient, like little markers every so often that says, an elephant is this long. <laughs> a whale is this long. Godzilla is this yeah. long type of thing. It was... It was really cool. Like like Eric said, the marketing for this was unavoidable. Yeah. It was everywhere. And I'm actually and still pretty cool. kind like, of am- yeah. yeah. I'm still kind of amazed at how well they did at keeping Godzilla away from our eyes prior mm-hmm. to this. This would never happen in today's world. No. Well God, the internet you know, didn't God- really exist back then. At least not in the same way yeah. it exists now. Yeah, it re- re- everybody was still waiting for their AOL dial up disc type of thing, you know. <laughs> um yeah, it was a rough time for the internet. Um, but I, I was there. I was all excited for it. And I, I honestly, at going into the, this, thought this was going to be the biggest movie. I'm like, this is going to overtake Star Wars. This is going to overtake E.T. You know, James Cameron hadn't put out Titanic. No, he had put out Titanic. I thought this was going to maybe pass Titanic. Because I'm like, this is going to be huge globally. Who doesn't love a giant monster movie? Right. Godzilla's finally coming to America. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is what's like this was at a point where you could love Godzilla and most people are still like, yeah, I've never seen any of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I thought it was going to be big and uh, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it it did not so do super well, which coming off of Independence Day was surprising because I thought it would hit like Independence Day did. No, <laughs> I mean. I think I, I blame Matthew Broderick a lot of it yeah. for this not as big as it needs to be. But yeah, that was my, that I'd already, you know, I was a Godzilla fan. We talked about that before and I was eagerly awaiting this and it let me down. Well, I'm glad that as a Godzilla fan, you at least don't hate it. No, I'm okay with disappointment. Uh, you know, because I grew up watching princess bride. So I got used to disappointment, <laughs> not because of the movie, but from the line from the movie, you know, Get with the get used okay anywho yeah so so my context is um i don't remember if i actually saw this movie when it came out <clears throat> like i i don't remember the first time that i saw it maybe it was around the time it came out maybe it was a few years later maybe it wasn't until like even last year but uh but yeah i remember at the time I, we talked about this on the Independence Day episode that I love Independence Day. Like it is one of my all time favorite movies. And so like I was super excited, but also like I, I wasn't the kind of kid to go to movies like opening night as much as I love them now. That just wasn't a thing that my family really did. And I remember hearing like just all the critic buzz about how terrible this movie was. And then, you know, like friends and uh, and other people, you know, schoolmates who had seen it, who also said how terrible it was. I don't remember when I saw it, but I remember thinking that this movie was just like god awful for the longest time because of how everyone else talked about it. You know, like it was the laughable Godzilla, like, oh, blue, this movie's terrible. And this is going to uh, I think I've talked about this a little bit, but like that led into some of my just not really liking Emmerich movies without having seen them you know like when 2012 came out i was like oh that looks dumb when day after tomorrow came out i was like that looks dumb not because i had seen them but just because people said that they looked dumb and people said that they were dumb and then i grew up and started having my own opinions and 
during the pandemic, I uh, started revisiting a lot of movies because, you know, what else am I going to do? And I started watching Emmerich's movies and like really watching them. And I started with Independence Day because, again, it's my favorite. I absolutely love it. Went back and watched Universal Soldier and Stargate. And like, I just remembered how much I loved the movies of his that I had seen. It's like, maybe I'm giving some of these a, just a, not a fair shake. So I watched 2012, you know, in part because global destruction plus pandemic, it just made sense at the time. And I was like, this is not a bad movie. We're not going to cover 2012 in the series, uh, unfortunately, but it, it's not bad. It is ridiculously long, but it is not a bad movie. Like I was thoroughly entertained the entire time watching it. Took half the day, but still, it's a good movie. And like all of the things that I loved about Independence Day 2012 had. And I was like, maybe I've been too harsh. And like, that's what started um, my obsession with Roland Emmerich movies. And so, you know, watched a couple more and then went back and watched Godzilla and it, it's, it's bad, but it's not that bad. And I kind of love it. And I know that a lot of people say like, well, it's not, it's not necessarily a bad movie. It's just a bad Godzilla movie. I'm going to argue that it's not a bad Godzilla movie. It's not the Godzilla that people expected, but it's not a bad Godzilla. There's plenty, there is plenty to hate about this movie, and we're going to talk about the things that are not done well and the things that I think stray from Emmerich's formula for a great movie, but there's other things that are still there, and if you can get past some of that just badness, it's a solid film. You can get past 95% of the movie, <laughs> and then you, you've got it. <laughs> Here's the other thing. That is, I feel like, very important context, not only for my appreciation of Godzilla, but also uh, the ending bit that we're going to do for this episode. I love shitty sci-fi Saturday movies. Like, those were the things that I grew up with. Like, watching Mystery Science Theater and just turning on Sci-Fi Channel and whatever terrible monster movie was on, I love it. You know, the, the acting's terrible, the CGI is horrible, the plot is stupid, Everything about those movies are laughable and hateable, but I have a soft spot. I love them. Godzilla, Emmerich's Godzilla, is the best version of those movies. So it's an A director making a D movie at C plus quality. So I on an A budget on like, an A but well the I, I think A plus budget. Well, yeah, I guess they didn't give the uh, the reason we have this movie is because they wouldn't give the original director, Jan Dubai, enough money to make his version of Godzilla, which would have been a much better Godzilla movie. It sounds sounds awesome. Sounds so good. But I love those terrible movies. And so watching Godzilla in that context, it's like, you know what? better than half of those i think that's a good way to put it like i feel like if this is a movie that was dumped onto sci-fi you know like then people would be like oh this is actually like, pretty how did good they get matthew broderick in this <laughs> exactly yeah yeah that it wouldn't be like why the f did they pick i'm oh, sorry i'm gonna try to give you less editing to do this <laughs> episode Nathan. It's um be like why it wouldn't be like why did they get matthew broderick to be in this movie it'd be like well they got matthew broderick to be in this movie <laughs> exactly <laughs> Uh, so, so yeah, like it's, it's not, it's terrible, but it's not bad. And if you watch it with the right lens, it is actually not only a good movie, but a good Godzilla movie. We're going to disagree on this, but, uh, that, that is my standpoint. So the, uh, the overall review, Eric's going to love this. <clears throat> yes. 
Not a great Godzilla movie, but a decent Americanized Godzilla that does still have an underlying message once you get past the lack of awe-inspiring Godzilla-ness, the rain-soaked CGI, and the excessive attempts at humor that don't always hit. Speaking of humor, one of the things that makes Emmerich movies excel is his ability to infuse natural humor into wildly unnatural situations. In a sense, he takes the situation seriously, but not himself, much like his podcast. But with Godzilla, there seems to be too heavy of an attempt at humor, which belittles the seriousness of the rest of this movie. But despite its flaws, it is still a fun, and I'm writing this, not Eric or Dan, so they have to agree, <clears throat> summer blockbuster movie full of destruction and Jean Reno. I do actually mostly agree with this because I think the biggest issue that I have with this movie is that it really doesn't know what kind of tone it needs to strike. Absolutely. Like it is, it's trying so hard to be like a serious grounded take on Godzilla and it's treating him like it, like he's an actual animal, but it's constantly undercutting everything interesting about the movie with it's like humor that is way too absurd and characters that are just just obnoxious and, like, and uh yes yeah, so and, and, and it's not logical there's so many things that are point. not logical in this Man, movie i don't even care about logic i, I don't I, usually I don't either care. but Here's, the movie tries to be too serious at times to this this is the biggest it. fault with the movie the biggest fault with the movie <laughs> is exactly that he emmerich has i think a great sense of humor you know, like there's so much little snippets of humor infused in each of his movies. I mean, we talked about it a ton in Independence Day in Universal Soldier. When Van Damme is walking out of that hotel naked, it's funny. There, there is humor infused in these bits and and it works. And Emmerich, I think, has a fantastic sense of, of irony and humor. And again, especially watching the commentary from Independence Day. And yes, that's the last time I'm going to mention that on this episode uh like he threw jokes into the commentary throughout but not like hey look at me i'm so funny but more of i make dad jokes but i'm german so i make german jokes so deal with it and <laughs> here's how we did the scale miniatures with the explosions like there's just something about the way that he talks about movies that speaks to my sensibilities and i feel like that goes into the movies that he makes <clears throat> with godzilla he's trying to be funny and it doesn't work like the the parts of outright humor or the parts of outright jokes <clears throat> they're just dumb and and they don't There's, work like when and, um, and he doubles down on them like the worst <laughs> running gag in any movie ever made is the fact that nobody can pronounce tatopolis mm -hmm. which is literally just pronounced the way that it is spelled and he does it like 20 times in the first 30 minutes if they if yes if they had just done that once or if like if the most annoying character kept getting his name wrong but everyone else got it right then it would have been fine the uh the example for me of just like it's not funny what are you doing devlin and emmerich come on you're better than this is when he's buying all those pregnancy tests and mm. audrey walks in and she's like wow you got some harem huh or you must have quite the harem <laughs> and it's like i it's not funny and also if you had a harem wouldn't you be buying condoms not pregnancy tests i'm confused <laughs> i just love that that bodega was still open <laughs> well it was in jersey <laughs> yeah that was a jersey bodega uh, st still you know it's like well the jersey has just been flooded with all of the new yorkers who have been who are like essentially refugees fleeing yeah. <laughs> the, the the island of manhattan <laughs> i don't know there's so many weird logical issues with with all evacuation like you have to ignore all of that kind of logic 
you have to ignore most of that. I mean, th- th- again, think about Independence Day. They upload a virus into an alien spaceship from a MacBook, and it works. The logic I'm fine, I'm fine yeah. with being dumb. <clears throat> it's like you said, the, the fact that well, they are grounding a real like because they didn't want to do a monster movie. This is a giant exactly, animal yeah. movie that was created because of a nuclear blast. It's not a giant monster movie. Mm-hmm. And they were very intentional with that. And that stuff works like the Godzilla stuff at the very beginning. I feel like works when he's uh, attacking that uh, that tuna ship. The, I do. I do really enjoy the. Uh, oh, you're talking about the, at the. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, I'm like in the very beginning, he, like when he attacks the uh, the Kobayashi Maru or whatever that ship was. Um, yeah, I like it when he makes landfall for the first time, which happens a lot sooner than you would expect it mm-hmm. to. That sequence is actually pretty good, especially like I think my favorite part, my favorite shot of the entire movie is whenever it shows like him grabbing that big semi truck and lifting it up, and there's this incredible shot where it shows like the camera from the passenger side looking down and the driver like is up in the air and he falls through and hangs onto the steering wheel and you can you can like it there's a real sense of like like it looks real i don't understand how they got that shot well some of that so was well. practical it looks great like that there, was one there's of the, a lot yeah they built an actual like 30 foot godzilla yeah. and that was one of the only times it was used right which was a shame because the practical godzilla doesn't look bad the cgi looks godzilla yeah. looks terrible they use it for for a few close-up shots too and it looks fantastic Nathan was taking a sip of coffee. I was taking a sip of coffee, and also there is a storm here, so it might be affecting the internet and connection speed. Um, yeah, I heard the, the crack of thunder, right? Whatever. <laughs> Which is Actually, so, it was just Godzilla stomping through. This is so appropriate because we're going to jump around a little bit. Who cares? F*** it. Uh, it's very appropriate that it is raining while we were talking about Godzilla because this movie will make you wet. <laughs> so yes. wet from head to toe. Because all that it does is rain the entire damn time. I think yeah, they were wearing one wet, all the actors were wearing wetsuits under their clothes the entire time. <laughs> I love that. It's little details like that that make me love movies. Um, yeah, it, it is raining so much throughout this entire movie. I feel like some of it is adding to the tone, but most of it is just hiding uh, all of the terrible CG. Which Emmerich insists is not the case. He insists that the rain made the CG harder to animate, but then, then why would you do it? I don't, well, he, <laughs> he says that you? it was an homage to the original film because apparently he th- he thinks the original film is very rainy, but there's only like one scene in the original film yeah, where it's and, very and, rainy. And that's fine, but it was raining everywhere across yeah. the globe. <laughs> in this it makes movie. the it makes the movie look really bad too. Like mm-hmm. it's so it just makes everything look blurry and gray and it's not enjoyable to look at most of the time. Yeah. I mean if if you're gonna have it that rainy, utilize fog banks and stuff like that. Yeah. I wish especially when more with especially when Godzilla bag. gets lost in the city. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, make make it so that helicopters can't find it because of the fog banks, and not because they just it. refuse to uh, fly higher than the buildings. Because that's yeah, that trust me, is so crazy that all of the or, helicopters in the movie. But you saw what happened when they level. tried to fly over top of him. He leaps up crocodile style and eats <laughs> the helicopter. Yeah, but if you if the plane if the helicopter was you know just a few feet higher, he couldn't have reached it. No. <laughs> like it's so stupid. Yeah. I love that um, shot though. I and I wish to like like you said, Dan, I wish that they'd use the rain more. Like it would be really cool if there was a scene where because it was raining so much, like the tunnels were flooded. 
mm-hmm. or something, you know, like, like one of my favorite things about this movie is not the movie itself, but um, the soundtrack. <laughs> and I was watching the I've watched the music video to Jamiroquai's Deeper Underground like four times because that music <laughs> video is awesome. And it involves like a movie theater being flooded where he's like dancing on top of the uh, on top of the chairs in the theater and the whole theater is flooded. and He's like kicking around the water and stuff. And I was like, man. If this movie had more, because the sets in this movie are really good a lot of times. Like the mm-hmm. underground set that they built is really cool. And I was just thinking, like, man, it would be super cool if they just like flooded this thing and had the actors like really having to dive into the water and stuff. Like, I I just kind of love that stuff in general. But I don't and, know. And I wish surprising the rain served a purpose. It's surprising there's not too with the level of destruction that goes on in the city. Water mains would be broken. Yeah. Everywhere we would have like a Stallone level daylight situation. Yes. Oh man. <laughs> Anywhere underground would be in danger of flooding because of imagine daylight. Imagine this movie has daylight, but with Godzilla, like that would be so cool if they did a lot more underground (laughs) stuff, but Stallone makes it all the, Stallone makes it all the way to the top and Godzilla's there. Like, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I do like this. Like Godzilla underground is actually really cool. Like I love the way he kind of like scoots his way through the tunnels and stuff. It's very, it makes him more like animalistic and kind of like, I don't know. It's just, Mm -hmm. But he's he's I, burrowing because like he's got maybe. those long iguana arms and claws, so he can actually yeah. burrow through the subway tunnels. They're just you know yeah, started I mean, for him. How badass would that have been if all the baby Godzillas had gotten into the underground systems? Yeah, yeah, they like they're actually nev- they would never be found. Imagine it being like the like the climax of Silence of the Lambs, where she's going through with like the uh, where where like a Buffalo Bill's <laughs> going through with the uh, the thermal goggles and stuff. But it's like these are people in tunnels having to like take on. Zilla Raptors, man, that would be that awesome. would have been amazing. Take it out of Madison Square Garden, yeah. put it in the tunnels, and oh, it, it, it would have been Cameron's to, aliens. It, yeah, well, it, it, yeah, it would have been aliens. It would have been predator, which, would, which like, would have been amazing. <laughs> I do love that the I, I love the practical effects of the of the baby Zillas and mm. the eggs, and and I like to imagine that when they emerge into Madison Square Garden, they actually went through a portal. And went to LV four two six, but they were also <laughs> miniaturized in in the process. So they're just because <laughs> those eggs look exactly like the eggs in Alien. Oh yeah, where has been the Aliens versus Baby Godzilla film we're waiting for? Yeah, it's happening in my mind right I'd be now. All about that. The hell with predators. I want to see him faced by Baby Godzillas. <laughs> also, can we talk about the fact that the incubation period for these eggs is like a day? Look, they're they're <laughs> nuclear. Okay, you, see things like that. I don't care about because yeah. you've got the That's all right. Fine. He was irradiated by all these nuclear tests. He's he she. It is overgrown. Like things are happening much faster. The metabolism is much higher. Like that stuff. I don't I don't care about also you don't know how long it was carrying those eggs you know maybe it's the the kind of animal that only lays the eggs like right before they hatch there's animals that do that right okay for also those eggs are huge there's yes. no way that that Godzilla was carrying 200 of those things inside you of don't body. know how big her cloaca is <laughs> you oh I do know because you get many good great <laughs> shots of it in this movie <laughs> There are a lot of uptail shots in this movie. That's true. So, like the, the that kind of logic, I don't care about in terms of mm. how are all these eggs uh, hatching within a day. How is Godzilla carrying that many eggs? 
how did it get into Madison Square Garden with nobody noticing? If it burrowed underneath the garden and then went up through it, how is there enough support structure to support the weight of Godzilla crawling? Did nobody notice that how God, did Godzilla they keep even losing put Godzilla. The eggs in all those places. Like, was it reaching up and like setting all of them like eggs on a shelf? <laughs> Easter egg hunt. That's <laughs> what it really was. That is that is the best kind of Easter egg hunt. That kind of crap I don't care about. It makes no sense and is dumb. But like I don't I don't get caught up with that cuz I don't I, I don't the, care. The, the biggest issue is like there's nothing for me to connect to with this movie so it makes the logical parts like mm-hmm. bug me even. Like I'm focusing sure. too much on it. You well, know like, and, like but that's that's a really good thing where it's like That's a really good segue. Holes, that's a really good segue though matter, into one of the other things that this movie just has massive problems with. And we're going to keep comparing it to Independence Day in part because we just talked about it, but also because it's, you know, essentially uh, Emmerich's best movie. In Independence Day, you have just a who's who of character actors and like there are no side characters. There's a ton of side characters. There's only like one or two main characters, but like all of the side characters you feel like have personality and have a a completed story and a completed arc and like they feel like fully uh, realized individuals. And I think that's one of the things that Emmerich does really well is how he handles side characters. Mm -hmm. The problem is in Godzilla, all of the main characters kind of suck, either because they're like Audrey, who not only are just terribly acted, but also just annoying as fuck, or they're just miscast. Like, I I love Matthew Broderick. I think that he plays humor very well. And he can play dark humor. Great. Um, Election. Yeah. I mean, so good in that movie. He's able to tackle serious roles. The problem is this movie, again, it went to comedic. You know, they were making jokes out of Totopolis, and he had that stupid looking hat the entire time. And it's just, he's not the leading man for this movie. He has one mode in this movie, and it's just like constant bewilderment. Like, he looks like he never has any idea what the hell is going on. He never actually seems like he's scared at any point. Like he just always seems confused. Well, he's a scientist, so he's very thinky. He he has and, one. Go ahead, Dan. I was going to say, I feel like I think that hat exists only so that Jamiroquai would be on the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> like like J.K. was like, I'll do it, but someone's got to wear one of my hats for the whole movie, or I'm not that. doing it. And that I was what J.K. That was hat. the star of this movie. That would be great. Yeah, that, that <laughs> would be like awesome. Dancing in long shots while Godzilla's attack. Like he's he's avoiding Godzilla's footsteps by dancing around him. <laughs> yes. I would love to see Jamiroquai uh, and Godzilla like in a the dance ground battle. ground is shifting under his feet, like in the virtual insanity <laughs> music video. And he's just dancing through all the debris. <laughs> yes. Somebody make it. that out there, please. The, the, the internet exists. I'm sure it probably already does exist somewhere. Um, yeah. So all of the main characters, they're just, they don't work. Like Matthew Broderick is great. He's not great in this role. Like put Jeff Goldblum in Matthew Broderick's yeah. place, and this movie is a thousand percent better. Put John Cusack oh, in yeah. his place, and then first off, yes. the rain makes sense because I was gonna say, in the rain, all- <laughs> he is in yes. the rainiest of movies. <laughs> but yeah, put John Cusack in his place, and then the rain and you know relationship problems make sense, and and it would work. Um, 
So, so mm. yeah, like so many of Emmerich's other geeky leading men could have worked great and it would have helped this movie had more of that grounded tone. And I do love the fact that the lead character is not one of the army people and it's not Jean Reno, even though I love Jean Reno and uh, I have no complaints about him whatsoever. We're going to pr- probably talk about him for an entire segment. Yes. But just in that kind of geeky dweeby scientist role, Broderick does fine if this were a comedy. I wish, or if, or if he wasn't the lead, right? If, yeah, if, if he, he was a side character, be better. Yeah, it's not the character that can that should be the lead in this film. Yeah. This is the one that interrupts with answers, like right. Old Woman, Independence Day. Like I wish the like you. Th- I think about like the scene with all the Raptors in Madison Square Garden. And he's like by himself and they're surrounding him. And he's just like very calmly like, oh, this is not good. It's like, this is not the kind of, this is not the person you follow in a movie. You can't like, there's no emotional attachment to anything. He's so disconnected. It feels like he's just like the actor, Matthew Broderick, talking about the movie he's in. Like, oh, this is not good. This isn't working out very well. (laughs) I mean, especially with the, the precedent that's set early in the film when he's doing his earthworm thing and the Russian military shows up and he looks panicked. Yeah, he does. Like, soldiers show up and he he's like i'm fucking earthworm guy here why are you why are you bothering me and all of a sudden yeah when he's in the middle of everything going horribly wrong he is so calm and cool well it's like no he should be freaking out way more than this even in those opening scenes that and, and i've mentioned this but i need to reiterate it i love this movie there's plenty of things to hate about which is what we're doing right now but i do overall Love this movie. Unironically, too. Uh, the, the opening scenes with Broderick kind of sets the tone for the rest of how this movie doesn't find its tone. You know, the, the opening yeah. scenes of him driving down the road singing singing in the rain? Sure. First off, it tells you it's going to be a very rainy movie, which I'm fine <laughs> with. Like, if that was intentional to let you know this movie is going to rain the entire time, that kind of humor to me works and I'm on board. Which with is it. again why why J.K. should have been the uh, the lead because he could have been dancing around, singing in the rain. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, the introduction to Matthew Broderick, I'm fine with. He's studying earthworms. Makes sense. Military shows up and he is panicked, and he's like, "What?" All of that works. And if he had played more of a, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm out of my element. Why are the military people here? If he had been more of that character it would have worked and it would have been fine and I would have been more on board. The problem is the next scene, he's walking with military dude and he's like, here's your sample, study it. And he's looking around. It's like, what? What? I don't see it. That joke is forced and it does not work. And yeah. And and that's the problem. And it's supposed to be like, oh, you're standing inside of a giant footprint. other movies have done that too it's not like the worst joke that's ever existed it's just not that good of a joke and they could at least the way that it's not that good of a joke it's not handled well and that's the thing the way that they handled it they could have worked it in better and it would have been fine but it's just it doesn't it doesn't work and then for the rest of the movie yeah he's just kind of like oh this is fascinating I'm going to be the Matthew Broderick, not like the fun part of Ferris Bueller, but the ex- exposition part of Ferris Bueller. 
And and that's Dude, this movie would be like ten times better if every time there was something he discovered something he turned to the camera and explained to the audience like like at the very least if you're gonna spend so much time telling the audience stuff instead of showing it to us like mm-hmm. make it fun and have him, have him now, just break the fourth wall. If they had gotten a uh, dude that played Cameron to be um, from Ferris Bueller, if they had gotten him as Alan Ruck, yeah, that would have been great. Because like oh, first off, then he has the entire like confused look anyway, so it works. Uh, he he plays confused very well. He does. It's yeah. It's just I, and and maybe it's the time in Matthew Broderick's career. You know, like maybe he was still so young and fresh faced that he didn't look like he played dramatic roles enough yet. I just I. I don't know. I mean, it's just, he, at this point, he had already been work. in the business for over ten for over a decade, though. So I don't know. But like, he still I mean, looks so young. I guess that's true. Yeah. Which, man, that also <clears throat> that kind of reminds me of my other big issue. I know issue, that you which have is the, issues with the potential age. I don't care. And that doesn't yeah. matter. That's an irrelevant thing. Doesn't matter. Well, it's mostly because the central relationship of this movie is non-existent, and they put they spend so much capital on trying to make you get invested in this like uh in this estranged relationship he has with some woman who he doesn't even see in person until like an hour and 15 minutes into the movie it's so their relationship is dumb and it doesn't work and he forgives her too easily and i have problems with how the relationship is handled i do love uh i love the one line that he gives when um when he realizes that godzilla's pregnant and he needs to go get it tested and he's walking out of the tent and he says, I'll be right back. That line is funny because, you know, yeah. I think she left without saying goodbye. And so he's kind of doing the same thing. Well, That's it's rooted funny. in the actual situation of the film rather than just being like a throwaway gag. That's like, and, and yeah, it feels very grounded. Yeah. The rest of the relationship just doesn't work. And like, the, okay. So I except for Audrey, I do not think that the acting in this movie is bad. I think that people are miscast, but I don't think that they are bad in their roles. Broderick again. I think that I think he's, Broderick's pretty bad. I think he's, I, I think he's, he's a great actor. He's role. just not, he's not directed very well. I don't think that he ever like really sells the gravity of the situation well, at any point in the film. And, and with and him again, as we said, and again, that's one of the problems. And Emmerich is able to direct all of the side characters. It's almost like he... I, I do legitimately think that he just didn't care about, about directing the main characters. Because he's like, this is dumb anyways. I'm just going to yeah. have fun with the side characters. Uh, but like looking at the cast, you have Matthew Broderick, Jean Reno, Hank Azaria, Kevin Dunn, Michael Lerner, Harry Shearer, Vicky Lewis, Doug Savant... Uh, Oh, there was another person uh, that I was going to mention, but I can't find My, the biggest. Right the Chris biggest Ellis. thing that surprised me on this rewatch is Nancy how much Cartwright. there was one character in this movie that I don't even think I even noticed the last time I watched it. But on this time around, Doug Savant as O'Neill, the little the um, the military guy, I love his character <laughs> in this movie. He's, He's so fun, great, and okay. So, so like all of those people that I just listed, like two of them are main characters, and also. I didn't list Audrey as one of those people. Uh, But like looking at the cast, the ones that have the most screen time and like are the protagonists that you're following, all the people that I listed are the side characters, not so much the main ones, except for, you know. It's not only that, it's how many characters could be eliminated from this film and it wouldn't, 
it, it feels like the only reason anything with the network is involved is so that they have so that they have a reason to broadcast from Madison Square Garden. Right. Right. Well, and that seems to be the only reason any of the media characters exist in this film. Yeah. And so many and, of Emmerich's others movies, like the ensemble cast matters. Like you mm-hmm. need all of those people. You try to cut a storyline from Independence Day and it just doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. You try to cut a storyline from 2012 and you might yeah. cut 40 minutes and have a watchable movie in terms of <laughs> runtime. But I don't think that it would work as well in terms of being as invested. And so, like, again, I think that's one of the things that Emmerich does really well is he's able to manage that ensemble cast. In this movie, he manages those side characters, but the main ones, they just don't work. I mean, Eric, you already mentioned uh, how much you love O'Neill. My favorite bit of humor in this entire movie is the clip that I sent you and Dan where yeah, um, uh, the, the sergeant and Mayor Ebert are talking to each other, yelling at each other. And O'Neill shows up in the background and he salutes because, you know, like he's he's a grunt. And so he's saluting mm-hmm. a sarge. But they don't see him. And you yeah. as audience also yeah. don't really notice him because he's in the background. And standing there, he's standing wasting there. time with the stupid fucking Mayor Ebert <laughs> subplot that is the dumbest shit ever. And it's the movie, so stupid. The movie cuts away, like it doesn't even stay on him. It cuts away to other camera angles, and then it cuts back to him, and he has this look of just like, oh, they're not going to see me. And so, like, he unsalutes, steps forward to where they can see him, and resalutes. <laughs> they don't highlight it. They don't focus on it. He is not the center of the camera's attention, and it is brilliant and i love and I, it so much yeah and it's good like o'neill is the only character in this movie with any kind of arc which is so weird because he's barely in it like his mm-hmm. whole thing is that he's constantly like disappointing kevin dunn who i really i like his character a lot too he's the kind of no-nonsense military guy in charge of everything but i just like him as an actor he does it well but he's the only one like the whole movie he's like really just trying to do the best he can like he's very earnest he's bumbling he asks stupid questions and gets yelled at. But then at the end, he kind of saves the day. And then his captain is like, good job. And just like the way that he smiles at the end is so like, it it, it works really well. It's a yeah. really simple but effective arc. And nobody else in this movie gets that at all. Animal has an arc. Hank Azaria. His tape. <laughs> he is the Animal, most- Animal has no arc Ugh. whatsoever. He is the most misused character in that film. Uh, I know. Oh my! I wanted, I wanted him to be the protagonist so badly because it's like, how awesome would it be to have like a renegade journalist in the middle of all this, basically acting like a war correspondent? I was just about to say that, like that could have been the change to make this movie great. Mm -hmm. Get rid of the science piece, you know? Yeah, I'm going to keep referencing Independence Day. How can I not? Think I want to see Jeff- the found footage version of this movie where it's just all the footage yes. that he shot. Yes. <laughs> Except, no, because I hate found footage be, you know, movies. Cloverfield. No, think, yeah, Cloverfield. just watch Cloverfield. Think about Independence Day. Jeff Goldblum, <clears throat> uh, sorry, Will Smith is not the main character of Independence Day. The one who's like out there trying to make a difference, he's not the main character. Jeff Goldblum, the one who just bumbles into it, is the main character that you're following. Mm. If Hank Azaria's character had been, you know, just... The, the reporter dude it's like oh my god there's a giant monster I need to go follow it 
that would have worked and that would have been amazing and that mm-hmm. i feel like still would have been an emmerich's wheelhouse like I, I some of the other uh options that we've suggested it doesn't feel like an emmerich movie as awesome as it would be to mm-hmm. have that underground uh baby zillow raptor scene of just like them jumping out of the shadows and eating them it doesn't quite feel like emmerich feels like Verhoeven, yeah. but it doesn't feel emmerich enough. Too much of this movie just feels like other movies well, cut together and not... done much worse. Like the whole, like I mentioned the Mayor Ebert subplot, which is basically just the Mayor Vaughn subplot from Jaws, but <laughs> done in a way that is just, just like profoundly stupid. There are, <laughs> you will notice this, the more Emmerich that you watch, so many of his movies are, I love this about other movies, so I'm going to incorporate it into mine. And other movies, it works because they're solid enough movies that you don't notice. He even rips off his own movies. Like there are scenes in this that are like Independence Day when they hit Godzilla. They're like, yeah, we're going to celebrate. We defeated it. Oh, wait, we didn't actually defeat it. It's just like the nuking Houston scene in Independence Day. Well, even more than that, in 2012, they're flying a plane and the guy flying the plane doesn't exactly say, but he basically says, must go faster, must go faster. Uh, so, I'm surprised they didn't do it in the taxi cab scene at the end of this movie oh, when they're they, literally they just ripping do. off the T-Rex scene. And they have the T-Rex. Like, he Jurassic takes Park. the movies that he loves and incorporates them and for the most part does it well. Godzilla is... No. Godzilla doesn't... Well, not in it, Godzilla. Like, right. I'm talking about his entire yes, gotcha. filmography. For the most part, it works well. Like, Independence Day is 60% uh, references to other movies. That's true. It, it, but it works because it's fine. But he makes it novel enough. He changes things up a little and remixes it. And that well. is where another one of my biggest issues with Godzilla is and part of why I don't think it works. Admittedly, I've not seen all of Emmerich's movies yet. I'm trying to remedy that uh, as we go through this month. But of all of the ones that I've seen, the two worst are the least original ideas. So Godzilla and Independence Day Resurgence are the two that feel the least like Emmerich movies because they're someone else's work. And, and I don't think that he excels at that. Like, I don't think that he does well with other people's intellectual property in part because people are expecting a different movie, you know, like again, a very common uh, response to, to Godzilla, especially now is it's not a, bad movie it's just a terrible godzilla movie and like that's the thing if they had not slapped godzilla onto this and he just made a giant monster movie ripping off um uh, creature from the depths and king kong like it would have been great in part because there probably wouldn't have been so much studio uh promoting it and so they probably could have spent some more time actually developing the cg so that it looked better or deal with more miniatures like i feel like they were probably under a time crunch from the studio to get this movie out if that hadn't been the case, if it was just uh, Dean Devlin going to Emmerich saying, hey, I mm. love Godzilla. Yeah, this this definitely had to hit its release date. This was promoted way too far in advance. This was the summer. Right. And Dean Devlin film, has even you know? said that like yeah. he felt like he as a producer on the film, like he said that he felt so like overwhelmed with his pro- producerial duties that like he didn't really get to spend as much time on the screenplay as he wanted to. So like you get the sense that this is like just a couple drafts of a screenplay and that there's, there's a lot more work that could have been done to make it really pop. Well, you also get the feeling like, Oh, independence day was a major box office success and the studio has the rights to Godzilla. Emmerich go do your magic again. Yeah. 
even though I've never met the man and uh, haven't actually listened to that many interviews or read that many stories about him, I'm going based purely off of the movies of his that I've watched. Emmerich feels very much like the kind of person that if you tell him to hurry up, he will very kindly tell you to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I feel like that's probably what was happening is the more that they pushed it, the more he was just kind of like, this isn't my movie. It's going to suck and it's going to be your fault. And that might be petty, but it's understandable. And also, we all know Roland Emmerich, very petty man. (laughs) (laughs) But comically so. Yeah, Uh, I don't actually hate how petty he is. Like the the like the whole thing with Mayor Ebert. I keep bringing this up, but like it's so. And then he has a a a friend Gene, which I I still has the clip of the Siskel and Ebert (laughs) clip where they like talk about Godzilla because I wanted to hear what they said about it. Man, Which is we, so funny. we need to talk about that um, because in that clip of the um, uh, Siskel and Ebert where they were reviewing Godzilla, half of their time is spent talking about the Siskel and Ebert jokes. And yeah, like, okay, those weren't necessarily <laughs> I, I good love jokes. Like, you know what? If you're going to put us in a movie, at least kill us. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> at least have Godzilla step on us. <laughs> which which would have been funny. But I I find it equally as petty that during their review of the countless things that they could have been complaining about, they spent their time with, oh, he made a joke about us, which to me seems just as petty. And I think it's funny. They're just addressing the Godzilla in the room. That's, <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Uh, God, I love though Siskel and Ebert. I don't always agree with them, but I love how petty and and mad they get. Like, especially mm-hmm. if you ever if you ever watch like their reviews of horror movies, especially oh. like their Silent Night, Deadly Night thing. They're like, they go like, um, Siskel is like morally outraged at this movie, and he's like no. literally just naming the people involved and like and shaming them on air. It's so <laughs> amazing. Like, I love how. <laughs> How petty they get. It's so I, we're not going to go down that rabbit trail because we have too many other things that we yes, also we need do. to talk about. Must go faster. Must go faster. <sighs> must go faster. Must go faster. Uh, all right. So one last thing on characters because we do have a lot of other things that we need to talk about. Like Godzilla. <clears throat> like Godzilla. <laughs> I love Jean Reno. I love him. He does an amazing job. I don't care how bland his character is. I don't care how undynamic it is. He's great. You don't care that the, his whole thing is that he's a French dude, and the I movie just I constantly reminds that you that I do he's not French. care that his character arc is French. Don't care. Is croissants and French roast coffee. I love those jokes. <laughs> oh my God. The fact that he can never get a decent cup of coffee again speaks <clears throat> to me on a very primal level. As I am eyeing my coffee cup and wondering if one of you can talk long enough while I go get a refill, <laughs> it speaks to me how much he loves his coffee and is just looking for a decent cup of mm-hmm. coffee. You know, it harkens back to um, Twin Peaks. You know, like. I'm I I would not be surprised at all if that was part of his inspiration for those jokes. But also the second funniest joke, which to me it does work, when they are dressing up as the American soldiers and he's giving them all bubblegum. Yeah, Broderick I love this says, scene. What's with the bubblegum? It's like, oh, it makes us look more American. And then it shows all of them chewing their bubblegum. And it's like, God damn it, it does. It does. It really does. It's so great, too, because you see him going down the line. And he like, I like the bit where one of the guys is smoking. And he just like grabs the cigarette and just like holds it in front of his face. Like, how dare you? And throws it on the ground. Right. Because Americans don't smoke. 
He's well. I don't. I don't even understand the point. I think it's just like this is bad for you. No, it was a very French thing to do. Like French people love to smoke. Like that was part of the that joke. Is yeah, maybe just, that's what it is. You know, you you could have replaced the cigarette with a croissant, and the the joke would have been exactly the same. But the joke is the 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 funny thing is just the way that he does it. Like even if you don't understand the context, it's just a funny bit of physical humor. And that's because Jean Reno is like a very serious actor who has no problem the, doing comedies, uh, and I love him. The part where he does the Elvis impression is pretty funny too. <laughs> <laughs> so I like good. that part. I, uh, but here's the so thing, good. though can can anybody tell me why he's in this movie? I have I still I've seen this movie mm-hmm. twice in two months, and I still don't understand why he's even there. He, yeah, he's like, like, yeah. Why is the French government so heavily involved in this? Part? Because it like, was the French government that was testing the nukes on the the French Polynesian islands. Okay, but. But like, I guess the idea is that he's supposed to be there to make sure the French are not implicated in this. But what does he actually do? Yeah, he like, Frenches. There, 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 there's yeah, there's been nothing to actually point to them being the, the ones really. He but. is except for and also like they on the news they do trace the thing back to French Polynesia, which is uh, who how they managed to do that is yeah. again <laughs> they totally trace inexplicable it back with like the most eighties nuclear signal flashing on screen. Oh my which god, again, the, the graphic they use is so funny. funny. And that's and it also I feel like that's a joke. And you pointed this one out when they get to New York, they don't subtitle it New York. They subtitle it the city <laughs> that never sleeps. The city that never sleeps, which I don't understand why, but it made me laugh out loud when I saw that. Like it's so, because those so little snippets of humor work and they're funny. And I don't I don't even hate the Cisco. Uh, I don't Hebrew even jokes. know if it's supposed to be funny. They're, but. They're oh, not, see, it's funny if the first shot after that is someone sleeping. That's what I 100% expected to see when they showed that, you know, as the location. Like, oh, it's going to be someone sleeping. No, okay. That would have been well, great. Yeah. And even that to me wouldn't have felt too jokey. Hmm. It might have felt a little joke. It depends on how it was played. You I mean, it, would, it still would have been, I think it still would have been funny, though. Like, it's that's a good mm-hmm. bit of physical humor. It's a good bit of humor that just relies on. On just visual language, the visual language of film, which this movie again, I don't think it really does. I don't know. It's just not very great. Most of the humor is is through dialogue that is very poorly written for the most part, and just like eye rolling. Well, you already said that part of that was Devlin and his focusing on the producing rather than uh, the the writing. Yeah. Um, we should probably talk yes. about Godzilla. Uh, we Let's should also, as we're about to transition, we should also note that Dan only has limited time with us today, so he is probably going to have to leave before we actually get to the end of the episode. I've got 16 minutes left before I got to head out. <laughs> so, um, Dan, I two things. I want to make sure that you have the opportunity to tell people where to find you. But also, even though we typically save this for the end, I want to get some of your responses to our end bit. <sighs> of uh of replacing a emmerich movie's name with a word so we'll, we'll come back to this eric and i will do a, a few more towards the end but i at least wanted to get a couple from dan uh before we transitioned into godzilla before he has to leave so oh, I- this this past weekend i should have been watching emmerich movies but instead i watched shitty shark movies and i told eric eric you need to go to tubi and just just search shark and pick any of those and you can't go wrong you can't go right but you also can't go wrong and how many movies did you expect to see 
I expected that at was least, an astounding amount. It was so much more than I expected. Like I did expect to see a lot because it's Tubi, and Tubi has so many great like just C movies on there. But like I expected, maybe a does a couple dozen or so, maybe. But it's like forty or fifty movies at least. Like it is insane how many shark movies there are. Yep, and, and they're all like the sci-fi kind of shark movies. And too. some like, of them have oh, names. Oh, not just the sci-fi ones. They also have the Italian shark movies. On yes, there. yeah, like, yeah. The ones that. I've been dying to see because Severin put a couple of them out. On yeah, they have Cruel Jaws on there, Cruel Jaws, which yeah. I watched, which I watched, which holy Jesus, <laughs> how that film is out there. I have no idea because that rips off so much intellectual property. There are direct music cues from Star Wars in that. Yeah, like, we are absolutely going like, to be covering oh, Cruel Jaws. A note or two Vanilla Ice style. We're going <laughs> to throw it 100% in there. It was. A, I, I, I love Cruel Jaws. I loved it because it was so awful. Cannot so wait audacious. for us to cover that one. Uh, yeah. I watched because I have a physical copy. Because I, of course, I do. Nightmare Shark, which is basically <laughs> Freddy Krueger in shark form, and there's also like Raiders of the Lost Shark and mm-hmm. um oh oh god the Shark was, Exorcist yes Shark there, Exorcist but... and. So many terrible shark movies that Eric said, it's like they're playing Mad Libs where they just took a name of a movie and replaced it with shark. And so what we're going to be doing for our silly bits of this episode, exactly, (laughs) is taking an Emmerich movie and replacing one of the words with shark. And then, of course, describing what that would be. Uh, And and again, Eric and I will come back and add more to this. So, Dan, let's get at least a couple of your Emmerich shark Mad Lib movies. All right. Well, I, I totally want to see Independent Shark. <laughs> I, I want to see a full-blown alien invasion where, for some reason, the aliens land in or around water, and it all of a sudden turns into a deep blue sea type thing. Where the, where the aliens are trying to set up these aquatic bases that just continually get in invaded by sharks smart sharks no less <laughs> you gotta have smart sharks <laughs> i love it in my mind whenever you first said that in my mind i was thinking that somehow sharks developed the technology to create like spaceships and then they <laughs> for some reason leave and then come back and invade in spaceships and <laughs> i was thinking more of like the aliens land in the water and take over the sharks and so then you get more of like a Sharknado kind of situation where uh, you've get got alien, yeah, you've got alien land sharks coming on the ground <laughs> and eating people. All of these movies are movies I, I would watch. I yeah. like Dan's the most, though, especially yes. keeping with the Emmerich feel. Could absolutely see aliens under the ocean and uh, sharks trying to protect their territory. I do like the idea of this because it makes the sharks the heroes instead of the villains like they usually exactly. are, where like the sharks are what's repelling the alien invasion. <laughs> That's awesome. My, my, I'm making the sharks the heroes in both of mine because the Good. second one I want to see is Shark House Down. <laughs> where, where the president is on a field trip to an aquarium and they they get take you know they get attacked by terrorists so as the president is making his way through this aquarium he is constantly because before he was the president he was he was a you know marine biologist sure. <laughs> so he continually sets traps using the aquarium tanks to his advantage 
like luring the bad guys into the octopus tank or the shark tank or oh my god this sounds flooding so... particular hallways so that it's taken over by sea life so the bad guys can't get through it's like Which home alone it's home alone but in an aquarium you that can live using also... the aquatic life well, and that also yeah. sounds exactly like an Emmerich movie. Uh, I yeah. also had a White House Down uh, shark one, but I was going with White Shark Down because, <laughs> you know, like a great white shark. And <laughs> for this, uh, Emmerich was going to take a foray into the animated world and produce a, you know, quasi Don Bluth-esque film where <laughs> it, it's uh, it's all underwater. And so, like, the president of the ocean is a shark. And like his shark kingdom gets attacked and you've got like this, like, I don't know, a dolphin or a puffer fish or, or some other unassuming fish that wants to be great, but everyone keeps looking down on, uh, as, as the hero that overcomes the adversity to take down the squid, I guess, because those are the natural enemies of sharks or whales. I don't know. Whatever eats sharks. Those would be the, the bad people humans yes <laughs> then there would be a little james woods barracuda leading it all oh god <laughs> nice oh man eric did you yeah, also nice. have a uh, a riff on white house down well we've only got t- dan's only got 10 minutes so i can save mine if we want to wait because dan do you have any other thoughts about i'm curious enough you have any thoughts about godzilla itself in the film i don't like the head I know that's such a nitpicky thing, but I, I I just don't. It looks too much like a battering ram to me. Like they had carved that out of stone and used it to knock down castle walls. But doesn't it give you um, like that classic dragon feel? A, a little bit. I don't want Godzilla to look like a classic dragon. It's fair enough, especially where they're they're leaning so heavily into the iguana bit from the front from the beginning of the film. Yeah, like they're showing the nuclear test. Oh, they're showing. They're showing iguanas. It's like, if you're going to do that, make him look more iguana-like to me. I love all of the shots in the opening of the movie with the iguanas just like casually watching nuclear explosions. <laughs> That's so funny to me. They're, They're like, like well, yes, the humans this finally is our did chance. It. Just bask in the radiation, boys. <laughs> I love it so um, much. So yeah, I, I, once they finally did reveal him, I was kind of like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I get what they're going for, and like the rest of his body, because he moves very lizard-like. I'm very okay with that. I mm-hmm. just, I didn't like the head. I don't know. It, it looked like a cross between what they, what the old Godzilla is, and what they were going for, and it just didn't work for me. It I would rather like, be more like honestly. It kind of looks like if they had created a Funko version of Godzilla, it's like they just took the Funko version of Godzilla and made it. Yeah, because it's got that shunted nose type of thing yeah. going on there where it looks, Godzilla hit his head too many times. It know, looks like up. if Jay Leno had been on the French Polynesian <laughs> Islands and the nuclear blast melded the uh, iguana and Jay Leno's chin together. It was just his chin, though, not just the rest chin. of Jay Leto, right? Because then, then, then the Godzilla would be insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you actually like, like this I, Godzilla. I, I loved how it moves. I liked <clears throat> the fact that it it would dig. It swam very, very well. It it could 
much to the chagrin of the military, it's very evasive. You know, it can bob and weave and float like a butterfly whenever they're shooting missiles at it a <laughs> hundred yards away. It you can can't outsmart it. them. Yeah, I, I liked how that it's played. Uh, that it's that it's it's a creature. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, but I, I wanted it to look a little more lizard-like in that instance. Maybe the only time I'll ever say that about Godzilla, but <laughs> in this case, it's true. Because they they're leaning into it so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. I do kind of like the... De- like, I know everybody hates the design of the Godzilla, but I think it's kind of cool. Like, I, I like the way Godzilla looks in this movie. He doesn't look like Godzilla, but, I mean, that's fine, because I don't really think of this as a Godzilla movie, really, because um, it is so different. We're, we're going like, to get into that. <clears throat> we'll get into that a little bit. So, what, one, um, la- one last thing, though. Before... I also wish they hadn't used the fire breath. That, to me, makes made no I sense. I think they were... <laughs> kind of forced to do it because people were upset that he wouldn't have a, atomic breath so they just kind of like ah we'll just have his breath kind of catch fire well th- that's use the it, thing use it pretty much once yeah use yeah. it once and only once that bugged me that he never actually yeah. then used it like God, when they're stuck inside the tunnel and he's trying to chomp at them just shoot your fire breath yeah exactly this if last you're time that, that be a power either use it or get away get rid of it completely exactly I thought that the implication was that he doesn't really shoot fire it's just that his breath is his actual breath is flammable and like because in one of the scenes it looks like when he shoots the his breath like he breathes really hard like it looks like he causes something to happen in a vehicle that catches fire and then the mm. rest of his breath catches fire so yeah, I, that's, that's, I, that's it the car was on the wind right yeah exactly yeah, it, it looks like that's not actually a thing that he can do, but also if he has toxic breath, you know, like yeah. he still could have shot that at them. Again, the logic doesn't make sense and it's dumb and it bugs it me just kind of not it, enough to. Yeah, it just they just do whatever they feel like they need to do within whatever given scene is going on. It's not consistent at all. Yeah, which again, that bugs me, but not enough to hate it. Um all right, we surprisingly still have a fair amount of things uh, to talk about. Um, so since since we are talking about Godzilla, I also like the Godzilla design, but it's not Godzilla. And I think it's fine. As, yeah, like as, I hate as that it's creature, so CGI. That so much of it is CGI, but oh, I, looks- I hate the CG. Like it does not look good at all. The um the the Blu-ray like the um the menu scene it looks terrible like it looks worse than a video game cut scene it is yeah. terrible so dan i have one last question before you need to run <laughs> with being a godzilla fan and mm. with loving the you know the vast history of godzilla and all of its iterations how do you feel about this godzilla in terms of its reality with its relation to the original gojira because gojira is you know like this nuclear dinosaur that was just kind of a force of nature like the rest of godzilla after a movie or two turned him into oh he's the savior and he's now this other spirit now there's this mothra stuff and like it started getting (laughs) silly but the original gojira was a very grounded world that just so happened to be dealing with a giant monster Mm -hmm. how do you feel about emmerich's godzilla kind of being that yeah, I, I think he tried to have a little have it both ways a little bit, where he's like, okay, I'm going to ground this much like the original, pay homage, but then I'm also going to take it in. I mean, it did not go as far as like Mothra twins level ridiculousness. Nobody's psychic in this movie, as far as I could tell. Um, 
which would have made it more interesting if Jean Renault had been a little psychic. <laughs> he uh, might be. <laughs> he sort of but, is. He's always there whenever, like, yeah. he just always shows up exactly where he needs to be, which is, yeah. It's like Deus I mean, Ex, Jean Renault. <laughs> as far as this film is concerned, I, it's, I think, a good entry level Godzilla for people who, especially, I mean, like, well, much like your kids are. My son loved this film when he was little. This was the one he wanted to watch over and over and over mm-hmm. again because more happens in it. It's more, you know, eye-catching than a lot of the other Godzillas. He got, oh, he would then be like, well, where's the next one with Mothra? And mm. I, had, I had to break start and tell him that Emmerich did not make any more. <laughs> um, Maybe the only time anyone was ever disappointed by that. <laughs> there was yeah. a cartoon uh, that is a direct sequel. Like it takes oh, place actually, literally I'm, the I'm minute to... after. Yeah, I'm going to order the cartoon because I think I've heard the cartoon's actually pretty good and it sounds interesting and I think Owen would really dig it. Mm. But I mean it's it's a good entry level Godzilla, I feel. It's if I'm in the midst of like watching a kick of Godzilla films, this is the one that I know I can put on when I don't need to pay attention to anything. Mm. <laughs> Where it's like I, I, I need to really clean the house, but I want to keep watching Godzilla. So I'm gonna throw on Godzilla ninety eight because <laughs> I, I don't need to see what's necessarily happening all the time to follow the story for one. <laughs> um, and it's, it's, it is big. It's big, dumb fun. It is emphasis on the dumb. Yep. Um, but I, I don't find it, I'd say nearly as offensive <laughs> as Eric does, but I'm, I'm definitely, if, if people are like, I hate this movie, I, I'm like, yeah, I get it. So, but also people love it. I also get it on this one. I get that too, yeah. Last I have question, people it, like the movie. Last this question is before. like mid-level Godzilla for me, where this this is the midpoint, this is the median, and this is on which all Godzillas are judged on. Is it better than this film or worse <laughs> than this film? I was and just about to say, where do you put this film? Not the Godzilla, not the monster, but the movie no. itself. Kind it's of dead for you? center for me. That, dead center. That like I said, this is how I happy. judge every other Godzilla film. Is it better or worse than this one? And it's that, yeah, it's a, it's a solid middle movie for me. <laughs> that makes me happy. Uh, all right, Dan, before <laughs> you need to leave, where do you want people to find you? Uh, uh, you can find me on Twitter at front road at front road, HBO and uh, front, HBO to front road.com. All right, Dan. It is Cleveland, but not the Cleveland y'all are familiar with. <laughs> I get to draw. <laughs> I get to drive through the apocalyptic wasteland of from Buffalo to Cleveland. <laughs> well, have fun staring at, you know, flat. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Watch out for and Zillas. Then, and then head towards the COVID uh, capital of the world right now, Missouri. Mm. Woo. Ooh, yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. I'm thankfully only going to be in East Missouri, not the Southwest part of Missouri. But yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm dropping my kid off. I'm like, go to your army base and then I'm leaving. Well, like quadruple so. mask up, uh, have oh, a yeah. safe trip. And at, as always, it's great having you. And uh, yeah, we will get back yeah. to, and more I get to officially talk. wear my, my Ricky Vaughn major league Jersey to a Cleveland Indians game. That's like, oh the God. highlight of this trip. Yep. That I'm sounds gonna, amazing. I've never, I, I bought that wild thing Jersey at like an Olympia sports closing sale for like 20 bucks. And I'm like, I'll never get to wear it. Cause I'm not a Cleveland fan, but <laughs> 
I'm, I'm go- I'll send you guys a picture of me in Cleveland wearing my wild thing jersey. So excellent. <laughs> Wait, uh, that, that was one of the movies at one point when we were watching Godzilla. I was like, I could be watching Major League right now. I legitimately yes. had that thought at one point. I was like thinking of all the movies I could be watching. Instead. I don't understand why you hate it so much. Um, all right, Dan, we'll not keep you because I know that you need to run, but very much looking forward to more yes. Emmerich chat on the next episode. Yes. And um, yes, I will be back. It's only a very, it's a, I'm driving to Missouri and then I'm flying back. It's a short trip. So all right, we'll be I will safe. be back for the next episode. <laughs> Excellent. All right. All right. Take care, gentlemen. Uh, th- this episode is not over, even though we are losing one third of, uh, of the podcast. Uh, it's not over, uh, of our podcast. Yes. Of our tricast. Um, yeah. So kind of jumping off of, um, what Dan was saying of it's not bad and it's kind of mid range in terms of quality of movie. And yeah. Um, the, the issue with this Godzilla and we've talked about this a lot. We talked about this in our King of the Marchers series that they took the God out of Godzilla, which is yeah. why in um, uh, final wars, it's just referred to as Zilla. Yes. And, and I get that. And I do. And it's not the same Godzilla that you get with the rest of the, the franchise where you have the big atomic breath fire breathing and sometimes uh, flying, like seriously, there are some Godzilla movies where he literally flies because yeah. he shoots his atomic breath so hard so that awesome. it propels him like a jet engine. It's dumb. That is stupid. Talk about logical inconsistencies. Think about how much propulsion would have to come from his atomic <laughs> breath to lift him off of the ground and how much damage that would do to the ground. I don't, it fits but the I don't, tone but of those I don't movies care. though. But like, yeah. that's the thing is I don't care. Like those are fun godzilla giant kaiju fighting other giant kaiju movies that's not what this movie is and i i referenced this just a second ago with the original gojira is not a giant kaiju fighting kaiju movie it is a movie very grounded in reality that just so happens to have a giant monster that's unleashed because of man's stupidity and now it's wreaking havoc on on Japan. Gojira absolutely works. And every time fantastic that I th- movie. it is such a fantastic movie. And every time that I think that it's not going to work on a rewatch, I rewatch it. And I'm on the verge of tears because of just how much that movie works. Godzilla does not put me on the verge of tears. Godzilla 98 does not put me on the verge of tears. I do not get as emotionally invested. It is nowhere near as powerful of a movie. However, my argument that it is not a bad Godzilla movie, it's not based off of the rest of the history of Godzilla where he's doing things like fighting King Ghidorah or uh, uh, um destroya or any of those other giant kaiju Mm -hmm. that's not what i'm basing it off of i'm basing it off of gojira and uh the 2014 godzilla yeah both of those or even shin godzilla to a a certain extent it's kind of like trying to ground it in the real and ostensibly in the something resembling the real world right like these are real world situations that just so happen to be dealing with a giant monster and some of the implications of how that monster was created and then, you know, the fallout of the people dealing with that monster. And I feel like Emmerich's Godzilla does kind of have that. 
I don't feel like it has it trying to do that. Right. I don't think think that it does it well, but I feel like that is the kind of Godzilla that you have to look at. Not all of these other versions of Godzilla, but look at the, here's a giant monster that was created because of nuclear testing. And now it's running amok. And now because, uh, because of bureaucracy, and because of political, uh, not political, because of military incompetence, like they're just not able to, to, to stop this threat. And this threat is only going to grow. And because mm. they don't listen to the protagonist, because why should they? Like, because they're not listening to him. You know, the guy they, that they hire to come in specifically to listen to him, <laughs> they don't listen to him, yes. Because, again, of some of that bureaucracy and because of some of the, you don't so know what you're dumb. talking about. And like, those things work. And if this movie had just been played more seriously, I feel like all of those themes of this is why sometimes bureaucratic red tape gets in the way yeah. and causes more of an issue or uh, like you. Okay. So those are the moments where the movie really feels like it's about to become interesting. Like right. I like, I feel like the movie wants to, I think it wants to be that movie. It just doesn't succeed because it doesn't, that stuff is too backgrounded it's too backgrounded and and there's no like the great thing about the original gojira and and the other ones that are more grounded is that they feel like they're movies that have a point to them that they're based on some kind of they have some kind of real world analog sure you know the i mean you know the original gojira is about you know japan reckoning with the nuclear bomb and in this movie there's no there's nothing really there's nothing really that it's trying to connect to in the real world to make a point about it necessarily. Like, I think that there is a general kind of like military incompetence, like, or the damage, the military industrial complex has done through experimentations with nuclear bombs and all that. I mean, you know, there's, there's or like a they little have, bit of they that. have the lines of the military is destroying more of the city than Godzilla. They have, uh, what, they I mean, try to do the, the mayor Vaughn thing with jaws where it's like, Oh, this will hurt my reelection campaign. If I evacuate the city, despite the fact that there's a 200 foot fucking tall dinosaur running around, people are not, not going to like me. It, well, yeah, it's uh, an iguana. Yeah. Well, people are not going to vote. They also, me. Matthew Broderick very specifically says that it's so unlikely for a giant dinosaur to remain hidden. Like that's a direct dig at Godzilla. Uh, like the rest of the Godzilla so, franchise, the um, so dumb. You you also have all right. So even though in the Siskel and Ebert clip where they're talking uh, or the review where they're talking about how bad this movie is, and they're not wrong, they're also wrong and petty. And I I, I do enjoy Siskel and I totally and Ebert, agree with them. <laughs> but I don't. But they're talking about how uh, like this movie tells rather than shows, Actually, which typically I have a huge problem with, and they use as an <clears> example. Uh, like the newscaster Harry Shearer talking about the looting that's taking place. That's fine. Like I, I get it why that would be a complaint, except for the fact that like you know, uh, having the news as part of the characters, like then you need them doing their job. So you need the news reporting on the news for it to make sense that, that they are news characters. Well, ho- hold on though. Go ahead. The uh, but the piece about Harry Shearer, like when he's talking about looting and stuff, uh, one of his little reporting bits, which is just, you know, an, an aside, like it's dialogue that you hear as other things are happening. It's not even a focus, but he's talking about how many people are upset, including the businesses that had to close. Yeah, because there's a giant 
200 or however many foot iguana stomping through New York, destroying everything. And because of COVID, because of watching this during a pandemic, I can't help but relate that to how people are, you know, saying, oh, we needed to open businesses back up or businesses never should have shut down. You know, your grandparents would have loved to to die in the name of uh, capitalism. Like all of those things that have really been said on the news, especially conservative news outlets about like why the economy needed to never have shut down in the first place. It's like, but do, do you not see like this enormous impending damage that is going to cause death and destruction? Yeah. And and again, like it's an aside. I don't think that that much was put into the thought of that line. I feel like it was just a line. I mean, I think it does because that's what they try to, that's the point of the, of the, the bit with Michael Lerner as the mayor. Like he wants to open the city back up because, Oh no, this is going to hurt us and blah, blah, blah. People are going to hate me. And here's the thing, like, I'm thinking about it as, like, in Jaws, that works so well because everyone is in danger. But realistically, if somebody dies, it's only going to affect a minor number of people. Like, well, it one also boy makes, dies. It also makes sense because all that everyone has to do is just stay out of the ocean. Like, it, right. it works so much better as in, a uh, pandemic allegory because all people have to do is just get a shot and wear a mask. Something very simple. And, yeah, and, something and, super and easy, barely an inconvenience. It makes sense for people to want to ignore that because they're like, oh, it, I'll probably be fine. Right. In Godzilla, it's so stupid because it is, again, literally a 200-foot-tall dinosaur. Buildings are literally being destroyed. Manhattan is not a very large space. Nope. So like it doesn't make sense to me that like that like everyone would evacuate and then immediately try to go back into the city even though there is like still a dinosaur on the loose. Super quick. Like it's <clears throat> since you did mention that Manhattan is not a large place. So absurd. I do need to mention one of the worst lines of the movie that is so dumb that I almost loop back around to loving it when Matthew Broderick says about why it makes sense that Godzilla yes. chose New York. He I, says, I knew, yes, it's perfect. It's, <laughs> it's an island. Water on all sides. <laughs> it's like, yes, you dumbass. He says an island water, has water on all sides. He says water on all sides. It's a, and, it, and with all the buildings, it has a, it's a perfect place to hide. And it's like, no, it's not. Oh, I don't even care about the, it's a perfect place to hide. My focus on that line is the fact that he emphasizes Every, an island has water surrounding it. It's like, yes. Every, oh, I know. Yes, it's it does. So funny. Everything about that line is is so stupid that, yeah, I kind of agree. Like, it loops back around to being, like, kind of great because of how how dumb it is. And Like, but, this, is, this guy's supposed to be an expert biologist, and he's like, oh, it's the perfect place to to nest because there are people everywhere and so many things that but that but that also in a nutshell is my feelings towards the movie just overall like it's it's dumb and it's so dumb and it's so bad and i should hate this movie like i i could just as easily in the notes for this episode i just as easily could have focused on everything wrong with this movie i feel like we've actually talked about a lot of the things wrong with it but i love this movie 
and I know I think part it could have been okay if it leaned into it. Like the movie is that's is the really biggest the problem. Of it. it doesn't. T- it takes itself too seriously. I don't think it takes itself seriously enough because, like, some of those or, opening or, yeah, scenes again, it's stuck right in the middle. It's, yeah, it sometimes it takes itself too seriously. Mm-hmm. Other times it's too, it's yeah. Godzilla attacking the boat is a serious scene. Godzilla, yeah. um, the or, the little old man catching Godzilla on his fishing line, that also works and it's serious. There's no way that little old man is outrunning him, so you know he's dead. But like <laughs> that shot is hilarious. The, the, it looks cool though. I mean, it does actually look pretty cool. Yeah, how logically dumb it is doesn't matter because in that moment it feels real. Like you feel that yeah. sense of terror. It works. It's good. Godzilla, it's also a scene you've never seen before. Like so much of this movie is too derivative, and that scene is like, oh, I've never seen anything like that before. That's kind of cool. Yeah, Godzilla stepping over the bridge and dropping boats on things like. This movie feels serious, even mm. even as bad as the CGI is. The scenes of the helicopters chasing Godzilla, I, I like. When Godzilla jumps out behind them through a building, oh, I stupid. love. I don't care how stupid it is. I love that scene. I think that Godzilla scene is jumping up and biting the helicopter. I love the the baby zillas in the square like it yeah. in the garden like it's great the the sadness that you see on godzilla's face when it sees all of its dead babies just scattered about the city That's there good, is yeah. emotion That's in that scene when you see God- and it nuzzles it yes oh it's so sad there's so many yeah. things about this movie that do work you know i wish the action scenes felt more like an emmerich movie i think the other big issue is like i feel like if i if the action scenes in this movie were better done and i could like like i just can't have fun with any of them i don't think any of the action scenes have any tension whatsoever like i want to like we keep talking about the siskel and eber clip one of the things that i did kind of disagree with them is they talk about how like um the biggest problem with the movie is that godzilla doesn't elicit terror and I don't to. necessarily think that that's a flaw. Yeah, because they, they basically are like, oh, it sucks because Godzilla is a scared animal, which I think is actually one of the things about the yeah. movie that's kind of compelling is that it's it's more like King Kong, that it's it's Godzilla's a scared animal and he's it's just trying to... It just wants to have its kids and be left alone. Well, but the military also, keeps like, chasing it. Godzilla... But, which, which person did Godzilla eat? You know, Godzilla was not attacking the city. Right, yeah. Godzilla <clears throat> was the, not eating the soldiers. Godzilla mm. did not eat Matthew Broderick. The baby Zillas were because, you know, like they're babies and they they were hungry and right. they and the saw, people smelled like fish, but like yeah. Godzilla was not attacking the city. He was causing a little bit of uh destruction. Okay, yeah. maybe at the very beginning when he picked up that uh that car, but like he wasn't really attacking people. Even then he was picking up a fish delivery truck. Mm-hmm. I like that idea. It's, yeah, um, that's I'm, I think I'm good the, with. The problem is that all of that, like none of the action scenes in this movie, like I think the best action scenes are like little contained stories in and of themselves. And all of the action scenes in this movie just amount to people chasing each other or chasing Godzilla. It feels very much like the first Hobbit movie where half of it is just yeah, running. They're just running around in circles and there's no like, I think about something like Jurassic Park because this movie is constantly reminding you that Jurassic Park exists, which is a in, really bad idea. In one of the promos where it literally steps on top of a on dinosaur. Top of the, yep. Yeah, the dinosaur thing. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> funny. 
again, the marketing of this movie Emmerich, is pretty good. I blame America a little bit for that. I blame the studio, though, yeah. for the uh, for those comparisons, because they were like, hey, you know how much you love Jurassic Park? This is why you should love us, too. Right. But like even you look at Jurassic Park and it's like even whenever you don't necessarily feel like in Jurassic Park, when the T-Rex at- scene at- happens and the T-Rex attacks, like, you know, that the T-Rex is probably not going to murder these children because it's a PG-13 like family movie or whatever. But you still get such an incredible sense of tension from that scene because like you get like in the situation with those characters, like when the T-Rex smashes his snout through the windshield and the kids are underneath it, like you sense the terror that they feel. Yeah. And you also care about it because Alan Grant is there and and also because like other people in the movie care about these kids in this movie. Nobody really cares about anything. Nobody has any kind of emotional stakes in the film right the like the most emotional stakes you get in the film is uh hank gazaria really loves his camera and is really trying to get that tape and make sure the monsters don't eat it which is like that's the only thing that anyone cares about that would have been such an awesome movie if they had focused on him as the protagonist so and that's the thing like they're just being chased and there's never any sense that anything of importance is going to be lost at any moment other than like and at the point and because the character's because you hate the character so much and you empathize with Godzilla, like when they blow up Madison Square Garden, it's like, oh, I'm sad because I wanted all of those baby Godzillas to come I out and them murder to win. everyone. Yeah, I, I like them so much more than everybody else. I want this to be a Planet of the Apes prequel. Planet yeah. of the did, Lizards. Dude, did you see, and really quick aside, did you see the incredible costumes that they built for this movie for those baby raptors? For the yes. Zilla raptors? Did you see some of They're the concept art? So Awesome. For the other Godzilla movie that was not made because this one was made instead. That, I didn't because I didn't want to be oh depressed. My, it will depress you because it looks so amazing. And that movie is going to star Bill Paxton. Which, As Godzilla. God. As Godzilla. So, yes, because he is I, Godzilla. R.I.P. Bill Paxton. Yeah, I know, right? So <clears throat> you're not wrong with any of your critiques. As much as I love this movie, I can't logically defend most of the things that you don't like about it because those are problems with the movie. Yeah. It's just for me, I have much more of a gestalt. The sum is more than, or the whole is more than the sum of its parts. I don't know why I keep flipping that when when I've tried to say it. Let me say it again. Clearly the whole is more than the sum of its parts. Like, yeah, there's plenty about this movie that is not done well that I should hate. There's also a lot about this movie that I really, really do love. And there's enough of Emmerich that shines through that makes me love it even more. I think there, but I also have to rewatch like, it because, but well, the like, pleasures are too fleeting. It's like very small little things. Fine. Like I like the sets. I like the animatronics. I, I wish that you would watch more Emmerich movies first so that you could more fully embrace some of these other things. But it, it's, it's those little snippets. I think part of the reason that I love this movie is I love what it could have been. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing. It's like, there are so much, and that's my, um, one of the reasons why I hate it is because like, <laughs> I see all the potential, like it had all of the elements there. They just don't come together in a way that is satisfying. And that's, and that's fine. But also you and I have also drastically different views on movies that are fine. I like fine movies. You know, if someone says, Hey, what'd you think of this movie? I'm like, Oh yeah, it's good. It's, it's fine. You should watch it. It's fine. Is it yeah. good? No, I, I mean, it's, it's fine. But to me, it's like, yeah, that's, why not? Why not spend the time watching it? But for you, it's why waste the time watching it? And for me, yeah, Godzilla like, is a, it's not a waste. It is a big, dumb movie. 
It is dumb. It is a big, yeah. dumb movie, but for me, it's still fun. And and it's those little snippets that, admittedly, I've had to rewatch this movie multiple times to fully embrace. Like O'Neill with his salute in the background, did not catch yeah, it until fun. like its fourth rewatch. Because yes, I've watched this movie like four times in the last year. It's it's those. It seems like too much effort to enjoy too, something though. You know, I have to sit through so much shit to get to the little pieces and that are. That is kind fine. Of fun. Here, though, I think are three things that for me both explain why this movie doesn't work, but also rationalize why I love it. Mm. You're going to disagree with one of these things. Okay. I'll start with one. I, I will start with the one that you disagree with the most. Okay. Roland Emmerich is to disaster movies. What Sam Raimi is to horror movies. Oh, yeah. I know that you disagree with that, and that's and fine. That's you go. You, you, this this situation is basically the end of the movie where you are crossing that bridge in the taxi cab. Like, yeah, when I get to the other side, I'm going to make this comparison to Sam Raimi, and I'm Godzilla, like following you down there, and then just getting tangled up in the bridge. Like, nope, can't quite cross that. I, I'm not talking about in terms of quality. I'm not talking about in terms of like being contemporaries or equals. Like, I don't mean it's a one to one correlation. Right. What I mean is horror movies. Like, especially before Evil Dead, where like horror movies were just like dark and like bloody, and there was no humor because it was all about the horror. And then you have Sam Raimi. It's like, yes, I am going to make you terrified while you also look at something which you can so very clearly see the seams. You can see the makeup on their face, and I'm going to make you laugh. And then Evil Dead 2, which again, it, it is a horror movie, and that movie does like fill you with dread and suspense mm-hmm. and tension, and then it has a deer head laughing at you in one of yeah. the most annoying scenes ever, but also one of the most iconic scenes. And so like yeah. the way that Raimi is able to say, all right, I love classic horror movies, but I also love jokes. And I mm. also love going. I, I love so horror movies, but I also the, love the Three Stooges. Yes, I love horror movies, and I love Three Stooges, and I love over-the-top levels of gore. And so I'm going to make a very serious horror movie that pays homage to the things that I love, while also making jokes. And that I feel like is what Emmerich does with disaster movies. Like I do feel like he loves uh, classic disaster movies. I feel yeah. like he just loves fifties and sixties and 70s cinema of you know like giant aliens attacking and giant monsters uh but like not monster movies like godzilla but like king kong and uh maybe like the black scorpion uh or you know giant leeches or like some of those yeah, or where them or something like or this them. like even god this movie feels a lot like them and that i with the idea of like oh if these monsters get out they will become the apex predator and we humanity will cease to exist it's like the same right. basic yeah, so like it's, them. but it's like very realistic, no matter how outlandish it is. And so, like, I, I feel like he has such a love for classic sci fi disaster movies, mm-hmm. but also wants to have fun with them, which yeah. is why Independence Day works, which is why 2012 to me works. It is way too long of a movie, but 2012 works works and like there's little bits of humor like uh when john q this in 2012 not godzilla but when john cusack backs his limo into his ex-wife's boyfriend's porsche 
the Porsche that was about to fall into the earth opening up anyways. <laughs> into a chasm. Right. It was about to fall and destroy anyways. But John Cusack, as he's backing up, trying to save everyone, hits the Porsche. And the boyfriend dude looks at John Cusack like, really, dude? It's funny. It, it's dumb, but it's funny. And it works <laughs> within that context. Yeah. This is such a bizarre situation <laughs> that that little bit of humor it just it lightens the mood and it shows you Emmerich mm. is having fun with these disaster movies and then he th- immediately shows people falling out of buildings into fiery volcano depths like he 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 just he straddles that line so much well i think a lot of times you kind of need the humor to diffuse the tension in a film like that you know what i mean like the humor it works as a good punchline for whenever you need to like you wind the audience up real tight and you need to release that a little bit before you start winding them up again. Exactly. And that's the other relationship I think <clears throat> with Raimi is he goes so over the top, yeah. you know, like it's, it's not just, all right, I'm going to destroy the world and you're going to see all of these buildings fall. It's I'm going to show the Vatican falling onto the people. Like you see yeah. the Vatican crush people in 2012. He goes, so over the top it's just he doesn't go over the top with blood he goes over the top with destruction so right, yeah. what Raimi is to horror I feel like Emmerich is to disaster yeah the other thing I feel like Emmerich is a reverse uh, Zack Snyder where the best Zack Snyder movies are the ones that he is just doing someone else's work yeah, and it, like Watchmen. He literally Watchmen. He literally just uses the comic book as a storyboard, and that's my favorite Zack Snyder movie. I think he does that very well. Yeah, when he is not trying to be original at all, he's yeah. just taking other work and making it look better. Then, like, yeah, he does great movies. The movies where Zack Snyder is trying to be original. Oh my god, Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch, which I like. I like Sucker Punch. Do you really? Oh man, Sucker I, Punch is. I like is Sucker like Punch. A, Sucker Punch is a good title for that movie. I just say that. I I get mad at Sucker Punch when I listen to any interview with Zack Snyder talking about how like it's his most original work. It's like, no, dude, you have ripped off literally every single scene of this movie from something else. This is not original. Don't say that it is. Say, yeah, this is me ripping everything that I love off and just cramming it into a casserole of visuals. Then I'm on board with it because that's what it is. And that's what I like it for him talking about. It makes me mad at him, but the movie it's fine. It's a fine movie. Yeah. But if you're going to do pastiche like that, you have to put your own spin on it and make it different, which again is like Godzilla is very much that kind of movie. It's and, pastiche, but there's not enough. Well, they don't and, put enough spin on the ball. and that is why Emmerich is a reverse Zack Snyder yeah. of Emmerich does his best when he is doing original work. Because he infuses the crap out of other movies into it. Like, again, go back and watch Independence Day and you can't even count how many references to other movies are in there because he just like, yeah, I love this movie. I'm not going to point it out. I'm just going to add it into it. You know, I I don't care if you get it or not. This is just informing why I'm doing it. But also he sometimes does point it out. Also, he very specifically points it out. like the, that's what I call a close encounter. Like I like, and he talks about ET and stuff. Like I like that because it's, I like it. If you're going to do pastiche, if you're going to like 
stitch together a movie from the things you like from other movies, like go ahead and call it out. I right. think that makes it work really well. Like, ah, oh, yes, I'm acknowledging that this is what I'm doing. Right. And that or works. Like, yeah. And he takes like close encounters and in independence day and does close encounters and then blows it up, which is cool. Like he's taking it and, and, and just shifting it enough to make it a real and film novel. Exactly. And that is the problem with Godzilla is because it's not an original work because he was taking an intellectual property and trying to make it an original work, it failed a little bit, especially because yeah. of people's expectations and the studio right. push for it. It needs to be this. And that's where I don't think that it worked. Like if he, if the studio had just said, Hey, go make a giant monster movie. And I, and I said this at the very beginning, if he just made the exact same movie changing one or two of the actors and not calling it Godzilla, and having the time to actually make it look the way that it should have worked looked mm -hmm. there's very little about this movie that actually would have needed to change i know you disagree with yeah, that he was working within a lot of constraints to like even toho had like a list of like 70 different things that was like that here are things you can rejected. and cannot do with godzilla yeah that he just was like nah <laughs> it's so good oh man oh, he's man. so petty and i love it I'd, but, I'd too. but like there's there's really not that much about godzilla that would have needed to change except for the name one or two of the actors and just time to develop the visuals. Everything else could have stayed the same and it would have been a vastly superior movie. You know, cut at least three quarters of the Tatopolis jokes. Right. If it's just a throwaway line, because the, the, the funny thing is like, he's named after Patrick Tatopoulos who create, who's the creature designer. I... <laughs> and it feels like an inside joke. That's just taken way too far. I, I almost think, with as petty as he was with all of those uh, Siskel and Ebert jokes, I think that Emmerich was like subconsciously telling people, hey, if you don't like this movie, it's Totopolis' fault. <laughs> if you don't like the look of Godzilla, it was yeah. Totopolis. Like, I, I almost Maybe. think that's what he was doing. Maybe. And I kind of hope so. That's funny. The uh, but the, I mean, Totopolis, he's a good he's a good designer. I mean, he designed the oh, aliens yeah. in Independence Day. They look freaking great yeah and i like yeah. the design of godzilla it's just the cg doesn't work e uh, even the chin yeah, anyway. i don't love it but eh, whatever and the third thing is godzilla is to classic monster movies what independence day was to classic alien invasion movies because again like yeah this is more king kong than it is godzilla yeah. this is more gojira than it is godzilla versus mecha godzilla yeah. And so like well, and that, those work and like those especially like the 50s era sci-fi monster movies they were yeah. so cheesy. And I think that he was maybe trying for the cheesy and it didn't work. I don't know. I know I love this movie though. I think the most effective scene in this movie like one scene that I actually legitimately do feel something besides rage um, <laughs> is um, whenever Godzilla actually is killed in this movie, it's legitimately very sad because yeah. again, he's an empathetic creature. He gets tangled up into a bridge. He is completely powerless and they're launching bombs at him that he cannot defend against. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's stuck, very like, much like, especially when he's already down and all of those additional missiles, like you see it rock right, his yeah. body. It's like, man it's like really? it's like they're euthanizing a uh, like you know whenever a, a, a creature escapes from the zoo 
every when they catch it, they always euthanize it, which is crazy because it's it, you know the creature's not trying to hurt anyone, right? And that's exactly what this feels like. He's he's already helpless, and you're going to hurt him even more to murder him. And like the scene where he dies is done so well. Like there's no dialogue at all. Like at no point does Matthew Broderick say anything to try and hammer home how sad the point is. Like he falls down, the music goes out, there's no score. You just hear the sound of the rain and you hear his heartbeat just kind of slowing down. And then you see the light literally fade from his eyes and then and he stops you moving. hear uh art garfunkel start singing bright eyes and you start <laughs> weeping uncontrollably yes and that scene is done so well like again like it's you just it takes all of the bombast out of it and it just is we are connecting emotionally and this is a sad tragic thing and i hate and i get it but i hate that the movie immediately undercuts that with the independence day ending right as soon as he dies the music swells and everyone's cheering and everything's great and and it's like yes this is a great victory we just murdered an animal that meant us no harm (laughs) like that would be like if an independence day right before (laughs) the america you know yeah it would be like and and that's the thing like that's why part of the thing with like the the interesting thing about the movie is that the military causes way more destruction in New York than Godzilla does. And and like there's a there's an interesting idea there where it's like, yeah, we end up causing more harm than good when we send in our military to police other countries or whenever we whenever we try to have military intervention, usually we make the problem worse. We're escalating the situation. Yeah. This, and in this movie Godzilla would have been handled totally, so much better if anyone other than the police had gone in to, you know, like de-escalate and actually address the animal situation rather than just trying yeah. to shoot it. Um, and this the movie, movie tries to have it both ways where it's yeah, like, the, oh yeah, we, we, this, this we movie's more problem. relevant than we keep giving it credit for, uh, and more relevant yeah. than it meant to be because, you know, it was made in 98 and it keeps pointing out issues that are well, systemic and the military and incompetence is just problems today. Yeah, it's mostly just a throwaway joke. Like the thing where they shoot the top of the Chrysler building off. Like there's a pretty funny bit of of humor where the guy who did it like realizes how fucking crazy it is that he just destroyed the Chrysler building. He's like, "Oh, uh damn, uh that's a negative. Yeah, that's a negative impact." Like that's yep. kind of funny. Um but yeah, but like again, it doesn't really do anything with it. It's just treated as humorous. It's not like I don't think the movie really ever makes an effective point and it especially doesn't whenever you know, at the end, they destroy this, you know, beautiful, incredible creature that we created and then immediately starts cheering it. Like, again, it would be like an Independence Day if it turns out the aliens were just there to help us and they blew him up Watch and then started celebrating. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, Watch Resurgence. Yeah. yeah, you mentioned to me a little bit about how that works in Resurgence, but yeah. <laughs> um, I, I hate that. Like, it, it just feels so it feels tacky and. If the the movie needs to pick a lane and it never does, yeah, it tries to straddle the line and it it's all the worse for it. Well, and but again, I still fall on the side of but I love it. You know, it's because yeah. Emmerich goes so over the top, like Raimi, that I don't care how dumb it is that Godzilla jumps out of a building behind a helicopter to destroy the helicopter. That feels very Raimi esque. You know, I don't care how dumb it is. Oh I'm having to avoid like ranting about the logical problems, but I will never Man, I ever get over care. how stupid it is don't that care. the helicopters don't care. Never pull up. Like he's got Godzilla chasing him. He's like, oh, he's right on my tail. I can't shake him. And it's like, fly up, you fucking moron. Don't care. <laughs> don't, so care. don't 
don't care it, because uh, because it's just like ah, it's, it's I know, fun I, I don't care and like yes uh matthew broderick is not the right role That's for so this bad. but also i like the fact that Emmerich keeps the nerdy dude as find the protagonist. A, they keep losing a 200 foot tall dinosaur in Manhattan. It's How funny. do you do that? That's funny. To How me, that's funny. That? It is amusing it is funny, to me. But the movie is not trying to be funny about but, it. It's but trying to treat it. But that's to me it, part of the humor that works. It does make one joke about like, it makes one joke like, oh, I can't believe we keep losing this lizard. Oh, it's because it's going underground. You can't figure out that there is a 200 foot tall lizard. Like, you can't find like do a to, thing like looking for seismic activity to like, me and also literally godzilla just goes behind a building it's like they're playing hide and seek with a giant monster and he just gets behind a building <laughs> and nobody notices fun with that, that he's there. you are explaining the things that i love about this movie the, the military is playing a very destructive game of hide and seek with a giant lizard how do you oh, not God. love that that's awesome that's fun it those could be are the, awesome. Those are yeah. the things that make me have fun with it. You know? know? And as bad as Matthew Broderick is in this role, I don't care. You know, like I I do enjoy the fact that Emmerich has the nerdy underdog as his protagonist. I mean, even in White House Down, that movie is great. It is one of the three best diehard movies. Not saying which of the three best it is, but <laughs> if you know me well enough, you know where I rank it. I love White House Down so much. And yes, even though it does have, you know, a, a, a big military dude sort of as the protagonist, he's also an incredibly down on his luck, not actually that good at his job. Like he's the nerd that joined yeah, the military you empathize, like you connect kind of person. Way. But like it makes that's him relatable, thing. even though he's a big action. I mean, even though he's Channing Tatum, it, you still can relate to him. Even in Universal Soldier. Like, yeah, you have Jean-Claude Van Damme major action star going up against Dolph Lundgren and the scenes where Van Damme literally has to look up at Lundgren to really emphasize the height difference between them. First off, it's funny, but like even in universal soldier, you're rooting for the underdog. And so like, I, I just love the fact that Emmerich does that with his leads. I love the fact that in independence day, you're following Jeff Goldblum, not Will Smith. I love that in uh, Godzilla, you're following Matthew Broderick, not John Reno. As but much in as Godzilla, I love him. there is no underdog. Like God, like I, there's no... I, I'm not, I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing the facts of what you're it saying because you're, you're right. There's nobody to really but, root for. But it's when I watch, or at least the first time that I watched uh, Emmerich's Godzilla this last year, part of what made me fall in love with it was watching it within the context of other Emmerich films. It is one of his worst movies, if not his worst movie. It's not good. God, I hope it's his worst movie. It, 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 it's, it's a toss up between this and resurgence resurgence. I feel like has more right going for it, but the things that Uh fail also fail so hard. Anyways, I, I love so many of his other movies and watching this within that context, I look at it more like I, I look at it more like when you have a really close friend that has a bad day, you don't stop uh-huh. liking your friend. You don't get mad at them for having well, a yeah, bad day. No. You're understanding. I still like like, Roland Emmerich. Yeah, your understanding is like, well, today was just an off day. And, you know, maybe 
even when your friend is having a really terrible day, they still find a way to throw in a joke. It's like, yeah, that's my old friend that I know and love. I know you're having a hard time right now, but hey, I'm glad that you're still able to keep your sense of humor. Yeah, but if your friend is having a hard time and, and takes a shit in the middle of your living room, you're going to be like, dude, you shouldn't take a shit in the middle of my living room. Like, that's terrible. Why would you do that? <clears throat> Unless your best friend is I mean, a dog. you're not going to, you might not hate him. You might like talk to him like, okay, what's going on? But at the same time, you're not going to be like, you know, it's okay that you did that. My, it, I mean, like, I don't know. You might forgive him eventually, but you're still going to be pissed off for a while until the stink like goes away. Unless, it linger unless your friend is a dog, in which case that is a perfectly normal behavior for it to do. It might not be what you want it to do, but at least it makes more sense. I'm not saying it and you're still going dog. to uh, try to I'm, correct the behavior. I'm just saying. And the you're rest of his movies are better. And like That's this, yeah, probably like if he had gotten worse, if it went Independence Day Godzilla worse than Godzilla, then I would agree. It's like, yeah, yeah. But as it is, it's like, okay, Godzilla was a misstep. Wait, the next movie he does after this is The Patriot, right? He does like th- a very big so. shift. He's like, all right, I'm going to he's like, I'm going to make a big giant movie, but I'm going to do something radically different that nobody's going to expect. Yeah. And like, I do. And I do think that he's a versatile director. Mostly. He could be if he wanted to. He could be if he wanted to. I just don't think he wants to, which, again, I love that about him. And so I love Godzilla for what it is. I, I will try to argue people that it is not a bad movie. I will argue people that it's not the worst Godzilla movie. I'll even argue people that it's not a bad Godzilla movie or even a bad representation of Godzilla. Mm-hmm. However, I don't disagree with the vast majority of critiques of this movie. Like, yeah, the, the acting is not good and the CGI is absolutely terrible. And there's so much to hate about this movie, but I don't, I love this movie and yes, it's bad, but like reading some of the critiques of people on like letterboxd, it's like, dudes, I mean, come on. At this point, I feel like you're just hate watching it just so that you can have another half star rating for a movie. Sure, yeah. Rather than like actually giving it a chance or actually like just trying. And and I don't know. Like again, I get it. Some people hate this movie. That's that's fine. If it's not their cup of tea, that's fine. If you love this movie, like I do, awesome. Yeah, good for Let's, you, man. Good for or, us. Let's be or friends, lady, or whoever like, you are. <laughs> It's okay to love trash. This is a trash movie. Like I said at the beginning, this is the king of sci-fi Saturday movies because it's like, oh my God, how did Asylum get Matthew Broderick is what this movie feels like. And I'm okay with that. Like, it, this is a big dumb movie that I put on in the background, but I still find myself watching. This is a great movie to just have on because the actions, it's there enough. The comedy is there enough. You know, but I also don't care if I miss it. But I also, again, actually sit down and watch it. And oh man, I don't know why something is wrong with me. <laughs> I will say that I, now that we're nearing the end of this episode, I'm yes. feeling better that we've gotten all of this. We've gotten all this out of the way. So you know, that's it's a movie that puts me in such a low place that basically anything that follows will uh, will feel. Well, you know, feel like a step up. You and, are just you know, happy because you think that. that we're never going to cover this movie again. I'm not, Nathan. 
I am I'm not, not joking. I, if you want to cover it again, I am never watching this movie again. <laughs> yes, you That's are. That's a good segue into how rewatchable this you, movie is. You are going to rewatch this movie at some no. point. I won't unless tell you, you when. unless you literally kidnap me and strap me down and force me to watch this. Like we, I don't know uh-huh. why we keep bringing up the end of A Clockwork Orange all the time, <laughs> but unless you do that to me. Like again, because like uh, while I'm watching this movie, like if if you were thinking about watching Godzilla, like just watch Jurassic Park instead. Just watch Jaws. Like these other movies do what Godzilla does, but like ten times better. Like that's that's my what I'm thinking. Like I just I don't I, know. This just I it just feels like I could be watching something so much better. I don't disagree with you. However, watch them. Watch I, I don't disagree Alien. with you. However, if you were doing like an watch Emmerich, Armageddon for fuck's sake. Again, I don't disagree. Well, I might disagree with that. I don't disagree with most of what you just said. But also, if you were doing an Emmerich retrospective, don't skip this movie. Like if I was sitting down to watch his entire filmography. I've seen it enough. I would groan like uh, Godzilla. All right, why not? It's fun. You know, like... <laughs> you are a psychopath. You are not incorrect. You are like... you. That would be like opening the doors to Manhattan and just like saying, all right, Godzilla, come hang out with, at my house. I don't care if you destroy everything around me. Like, I don't care if you step on me and murder me. I'll just put I plenty like of fish out around. in the yard. It'll be fine. <laughs> you, then you have to deal with the smell of tuna all the time. Like, that'd be just all right, horrific. Here's the thing. I own more this than. This movie's a tuna bath. I own more than one copy of Emmerich's Godzilla. I saw that. Yes, you saw two of the copies that Nathan, I. Nathan, I paid. I paid twenty five cents for this movie, and I think I overpaid. <laughs> I, I paid twenty five cents for a brand new copy of this movie in its original <clears throat> sealed package. Did you get the Blu-ray? No, I got the DVD. I have almost, on numerous occasions, bought the twenty twelve uh, Godzilla double pack Blu-ray for you. That would be fine. At least I get so that you could have them, so that you could watch Godzilla in its Blu-ray mediocreness. Oh man, yeah. So yeah, Uh, I don't don't find this movie very watchable at all. Unless you just, unless you're one of those people who spends every moment of your life being on the internet mad about things, and you just want something to bitch about, like, look, Shin Godzilla is a better movie than this, so. Shin Godzilla is a great movie. That that is another movie you could watch instead of this that does sort of what this movie is kind of trying to do, but like 95,000 times better. Shin Godzilla is close to a masterpiece. Watching Emmerich's Godzilla is like when your friend is going to an open mic night to do stand-up comedy and you know that they're not that funny, but you're going to support them and you still end up having a good time. That is how I feel about Emmerich's Godzilla. It's not good, but Emmerich's movies are my friends. Like, that so would be kind of like if you are Travis go... Bickle and you want to be friends with someone who has no idea that you exist <laughs> and you're just going to show up anyway. And like, no, maybe not Travis I'm... Bickle. What's that? Like, if you're like the the fan, <laughs> I don't know, like you're just somebody. No, I'm I'm sticking with an unhealthy obsession with a celebrity figure. I am going to disagree. I'm going to stick with watching Emmerich's movies are like supporting a friend where most of the time it's like, yeah, yeah. But then you go to their open mic night and it's like, oh, oh, I imagine that if I open up the closet in your room there, you're going to have like a a mural of Roland Emmerich with like a picture of Roland Emmerich. (laughs) 
like with his arm around Matthew Broderick, but your head is cut out or your picture is cut out and over Matthew Broderick's head. I'm not going to lie. I do want to get a dollhouse and um, (laughs) redecorate the dollhouse to match the art in Emmerich's actual house. Oh my God. We can't talk about, we're going to have to talk about this on a later episode, but (laughs) Emmerich's house is, it's kind of like how Guillermo del Toro's house is covered with all kinds of horror memorabilia. And it's amazing. Except for if, what Guillermo del Toro had in his house was not horror memorabilia, but like actual horrors. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, it's it's more of um, Emmerich has a passion for <clears throat> subversive art. Yes. Whether or not it's good, I think that he just likes the subversive nature. He of likes it. things that are provocative. And that I feel like might be part <laughs> of what... <laughs> His art explains Godzilla because Godzilla of provocations. Godzilla is a performance art piece <laughs> of subversive what if he art. Has, what if, like, one of his rooms in one of his rooms, he just has like a projector with Godzilla playing on an endless loop? I I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I I love this movie. It's terrible, but I love it. I don't I don't even care how bad it is. I have fun with it every time that I've all right, watched it. All right, must go faster. Must I, go faster. We know you love it. I've watched this movie four times in the last <clears throat> year. Jesus Christ, Nathan. We need to have an intervention. When, when, we need to have an intervention. I'm so when sorry. I logged, right. When I logged it on Letterboxd for this time, there was a nice little three above the eye when I was logging it. Jesus Christ. Showing that I had logged it three times Are prior. you okay? No. All right, we got to move we got to move forward. Everyone's everyone is if they haven't abandoned this podcast over your your crazy opinions, they're going to be like, "All right, we get it. You love it. Let's move on." <laughs> this movie is rewatchable for a sci-fi Saturday big dumb movie. Turn it on in the background. Have fun with it. Don't expect much. Emmerich has made vastly superior movies. Don't start with this one if you're new to Emmerich films. Do not start with this one. Unless you want it to be like a roller coaster where you start low and you want it to continually escalate no start good get used to the good love the good and it's then, like the drop at the bottom yes and then start branching out into some of his worst movies after you've already appreciated what makes him great so that you can like really really search for those things in godzilla because they are there but it's like one of those uh, magic eye posters that you just have to stare at it long enough to Okay. Yes. Cool. We okay, get it. We so, got it. All right, Godzilla. Eric, you gotta you gotta stare at it for a long time. Yep. Gotta see your brain gets it. twisted. Yep. All right. Uh, what Emmerich movies? Let's jump back into that. What Emmerich movies would you replace one of the words with shark? Okay. Um. Let me see here. Well, first of all, there are a lot of these that just kind of write themselves, like ten thousand sharks. Ten thousand sharks. There you go. I mean, <laughs> sure. that's that's all you need. You, you, you don't want to go with shark BC. Shark BC. I mean, that would be like prehistoric sharks attacking people on land, maybe. Yeah. Or like Ice Age sharks. Ooh, ice sharks would be awesome. Um, I have one that, that another one that writes itself. I kind of cheated on this one because I'm looking at movies that he has executive produced. And one of those movies, which I had no idea, is um, well, I'm going to tell you the shark title first, and it's Eight Legged Sharks, <laughs> <laughs> which is absolutely a sci-fi. Movie. Like that is a thousand. Per- that is probably a movie that already exists. Eight-legged sharks. Uh, that sounds like something that's already there. So, so really quick, uh, I do feel like with Emmerich's movies, you could take any of them, 
not only replace the word shark, but just replace one of the characters with a shark and not change uh-huh. anything else. And it still is just as awesome. It's kind of like, like when you do the, the Muppet thing where people are like, take any movie and replace all but one human character with Muppets. Exactly. This is like, you know, that, but keep all of the human characters and replace one of them with a shark. Um, you know, like that. how awesome would it be in Independence Day? If, you know, if it was independent shark and you had a shark up there giving the big patriotic speech in place of Bill yeah. Pullman or That'd be amazing. how great would it be if you had a, a shark rather than Randy Quaid flying its space, its airship <laughs> up into the alien ship. I mean, you could do Will Smith because he also was actually a shark and shark's tail, a shark yes. tail or whatever that movie so, is <laughs> like a shark, a shark punching an alien in the face. <laughs> oh my God. That would be awesome. So like any of Emmerich's movies work with just replacing a person with a shark. So like, as we give them new titles, like that's where I want to think about what different movie would it be? So like, for instance, take the day after tomorrow, turn it into the shark after tomorrow. And it's about time traveling shark. It is a time traveling shark that is coming back to the past to try to save humanity from its own stupidity. Um, but it doesn't work. And so then the shark just eats everyone. Yeah. Love it. I like this one because it's just, it slides so perfectly into the title, which Roland Emmerich's first movie is called the Noah's Ark principle. So obviously the Noah's shark principle. Principle. Yes. Uh, I have no idea what the hell this movie is even about. It looks like it has something to do with space and uh, WMDs. So uh, yeah, sharks in space, always a good time. Um, Another one that I really like is uh, there's one title that you can really, that you can flip in two different ways. uh, And it is Stonewall, which you can either turn into stone shark (laughs) um, or shark wall. I like shark wall. I like shark wall because I like the idea of building a wall made out of sharks and it can be a movie that is about shark migration no, or shark see, immigration. Shark wall <laughs> is one of the ones that I would keep it almost exactly the same where you have Bill Pullman wanting to build a shark wall to keep all of the aliens out. No shark wall is one of the few that I would actually keep it uh, basically the same movie where it's just a bunch of gay sharks um, <clears throat> eating the police that are trying to abuse them. Um, and fighting for equal rights. Yeah, I like. It's definitely got to be some kind of movie that's about sharks needing to fight for equal rights. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because as we all know, because of like, I, I like the idea too. Like, maybe they're railing against Jaws because like Jaws is a movie that has had a profound impact on shark population because people think that sharks are evil and murder sharks because of Jaws. No, so, like and- maybe it's all about like re- like them trying to re like redefine the image that sharks have in popular culture no man shark wall is about gay sharks and and it should be you know are sharks never mind sharks have two penises well i was thinking about like how in jurassic park the 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 whole idea of that movie is that the sharks can pro or the the sharks Which I'm pretty sure is an actual movie by changing the uh, jurassic shark of course uh you've you've got changing their sex so like maybe sharks. No, should, I mean that. some some animals in the shark family. Another might thing be that, that that Godzilla rips off of Jurassic Park. I, I don't. I don't care. So don't <laughs> care. I still have fun with it. Uh, Universal Shark, which is also mostly the same movie, but rather than turning dead soldiers into uh, you know like unbeatable mega soldiers, you just turn sharks 
in, into the soldiers, you know? Yeah. You take sharks and you make them half robot. You give them yes. legs. You send yes. them out into the battlefield. Yeah. Love Absolutely. It. I'd watch the shit out of that movie. So would I. Sharkgate. <laughs> Which is obviously a... Uh, this is actually not like Stargate, but like all the president. <laughs> yes. Shark. The word deep throw is actually a shark in disguise so deep because it is literally a throat that is deep. I was going to say that's why his throat is so deep is because, you know, he's <laughs> eating people. Oh, I have a lot God. of room in that throat for all the people he's eating. <laughs> all the, and at the end of the, the movie, he just eats Richard Nixon instead of forcing him. To, he, Richard Nixon resigns into the shark's mouth. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Uh, we've we've passed up the super obvious one, Sharkzilla. Sharkzilla, yeah, of course. I'm sure that's a, that that movie has that has to be a movie that exists already. Yeah, like there is no way. Okay, yeah, there is a movie called Sharkzilla. Came out in 2012. <laughs> Sixty feet of prehistoric terror. Yep. Uh, you, you've got anonymous turned into, let's go with a sharkamus. Sharkonymous. Anana, shark. That this, this feels dangerously close to being like the Tatopolis joke. Shark, Sharkatopolis. <laughs> Tatapa shark. Uh, we're William <clears throat> Sharkspear. Of course. It's just it's about William Sharkspear. William Sharkspear. This could tie into Shark Wall, where it's about how William Sharkspear is fighting for his, uh, trying to get credit on his, on his, uh, uh, plays that he writes that again is about trying to redefine the image that sharks have in popular culture. Oh my God. What it, what is anonymous about? It's about like the Earl, the Earl of Oxford or whatever, right? Like it's how he's how supposedly the, the dude really who wrote Shakespeare. Shakespeare's plays. Or, yeah. Yeah. That sounds oh like, my very, God. that sounds like it, it's more like Q anonymous Q shark anonymous. <laughs> oh, you could totally okay. make it like shark where it's like a shark hippopotamus hybrid. No, we we I I feel like we need to stop with anonymous being about William Shakespeare because I don't yeah. I don't think I can top that one especially not that's right true now. I'm good with that ah uh, all right Eric <clears throat> or Moonshark where do you want people to find you oh okay we're already there wow yeah we're already there that's we're, we're at the end, end of the episode we I mean we've already talked about um, Godzilla for a while and unless yeah, you want me to keep way talking, longer than than anybody ever needs to talk about godzilla way longer right. than you thought we would but uh not nearly as long as i wanted to that's okay i'm sorry nathan maybe okay. we can maybe you can talk to uh someone after hours i feel like the, i feel like you really do need to go go talk to someone i i need shark therapy you need to get some professional help I, I need I need to go to <laughs> yes the shark cellar. I love the idea of you like sitting down with a therapist and like you just keep talking about how much you wish that more people appreciated Godzilla 1998. <laughs> and then the therapist is being like, "I'm so sorry, I can't help you anymore." All right, I can be found on Twitter at the Chimerican, which is T H E C H I M E R I C A N, because it is an Arican Chimera and not an American Chimera. Um, anywho, I am also on Instagram at Chimerican Reviews and on Letterboxd at Eric J A Y. I'm just gonna change all of your social media handles to Godzilla98 rules. 
<laughs> you know, that would be fine. That would be kind of funny, actually. <laughs> that would fit in for the uh, tone of this podcast. And uh, you can follow me slash the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Video Monster Pod. You can also follow me personally on Letterboxd to see how many times I keep rewatching Godzilla at The Gargoyle. Uh, that's G-A-R-G-Y-L-E because it is a gargoyle wearing an Argyle sweater. And if somehow you enjoyed this episode and you want to keep coming back for more of our United States of America series, then just subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Just do a search for Video Monsters. Uh, like, subscribe, and watch more Emmerich movies. All right. That's been it for this episode of Video Monsters. I'm Nathan. And I have survived. I'm going deeper underground. The <laughs> big yes. this yes. is not awful. Whoa. Uh, there's no doubt about it that I love the Emmer Godzilla '98. Godzilla. This year is the best. Best. Wow. 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 Wow.